0: Welcome to the Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. We're back, man. Episode 166. Reserved. All right. And before we get into it, man, we want to send a rest in peace to Paul Mooney. Yeah. You know, one of the uh, comedy pioneers um, mm-hmm. that paved the way for a lot of comedians, especially black comedians. And yeah. A, a huge part of the Dave Chappelle show. Yeah. Also
1: work with Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Yeah. I, think, I think for us, you know, we like to... Walk the line as far as some of the jokes we say. And I don't have a direct connection to Paul Mooney, but I know indirectly, you know, some of my favorite comedians as far as like Dave Chappelle and these kind of guys, they were, you know, offspring of Paul Mooney.
0: So rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to him, man. All right. Let's get right into it. Uh, Over the past, I say about five to seven days, we've watched like an onslaught uh, from Kwame Brown. For those that don't know who Kwame Brown is, Kwame Brown is an, a retired NBA player who was drafted number one overall in the 2000, it was a 2001 draft, I think. I could be wrong. I think it's 2001. Um, and basically, Kwame Brown um, never measured up, I guess, to what people felt he should have. And throughout his career, he was called a bust and all kinds of shit. And people, he was a convenient source of criticism for many, many years. Yeah. You know, we're talking about. Um, uh, sports commentators calling him a bust and and, and properly improperly you saying his name and just shitting on this guy. And he never said a word for 20 years. He never said a thing for 20 years. But that ended. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know what they say about poking the bear, right? Mm-hmm. You poke the bear enough, you're going to get a reaction. But they was poking the bear thinking it was a teddy bear, but it was a fucking uh, a grizzly bear. Mm-hmm. And let me let me go ahead and get through this article. Uh, And this is fucked up. The New York Post is pieces of shit for how they wrote this shit. NBA bus Kwame Brown goes after critics in multiple social media feuds. This is so fucked up. They're perpetuating the narrative. They're perpetuating the narrative on purpose. And this is what Kwame Brown has went through his whole life. Somebody calls you a bus. How can you be a bus after having 12 or 13 years in the NBA? It's so fucking crazy. Anyways, I'll, I'll move forward. This is, you can tell that, I don't even want to read this article, because this this lacks objectivity. But I'll read it. Kwame Brown hasn't been seen on the NBA hardwood since early 2013, but the first overall pick in 2001 draft has resurfaced in recent days, responding to criticism criticism from podcasters, media members, and ex-teammates. Here's the breakdown of who and why the NBA flame out is, NBA, that's so fucked up. This is the, the same
1: NBA, uh, news that Said the
0: stuff about DMX, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think DMX, the NBA flame out is feuding with. Come on, man. You, if you're a writer, dude, you need to go fuck yourself. You're doing this This is a fucked up job. I don't even want to read it anymore. It's pointless at this point. This is the least objective. I should have did a better job of finding a more objective <laughs> fucking <laughs> news clipping. But anyways, basically on all the Smoke Podcasts, which are two ex-NBA players that are uh, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically were talking to Jeannie Buss about a multiple player trade that included Kwame Brown and Matt Barnes uh, and and Stephen Jackson had a little uh, joke inside joke about Kwame Brown. Like, yeah, it was only one person really a part of that trade. Basically, when it came to Kwame Brown saying that he wasn't a, uh, you know, significant player. And that was one thing. And then there was another episode that had uh Gilbert Arenas where he came up in conversation again. And this time he was just flat out disrespected. On on that episode, um it was a conversation with Gilbert Arenas talking about Kwame Brown being afraid to take shots and things of that nature. And then Kwame Brown just fucking lost it. After that he was cussing these guys. I wish we had a, a fucking one of the clips, the mini clips that he posted, but nice. I don't even think it would be necessary. <laughs> he got a lot of clips. He got a lot of clips. <laughs> <laughs> but look To make a long story short, Kwame Brown went off on Matt Barnes and uh, uh, Stephen A. Jackson. He called Stephen A. Jackson, you fake Black Lives Matter want to be a thug, motherfucker. He's like, like, one minute you want to be a thug with a rag hanging out your back pocket. Next minute you want to be for black people. Man, sit your bitch ass down. and then he said uh he called matt barnes becky with the good hair yeah he, <laughs> he said, said he got a finger wave he said you got a finger wave sit your punk ass down <laughs> and he was like that's why your woman that's why your wife left you for Derek fisher because he was a real man that nigga said he jumped the fence when he had the key to it yeah he <laughs> said you get you had to jump the fence to your own house he's like they didn't want your bitch ass there <laughs> and then he basically said uh but he, he he said, motherfucker look like Dennis the Menace Dennis the Menace looking motherfucker He was just cutting him He was cutting him so deep on purpose And I think what happened is, is When he snapped And everyone like reacted to Kwame Brown saying, oh Kwame Brown You're just looking for your 15 minutes of fame Kwame Brown was making you Feel what he's felt For the past 20 years And it's only been 5 days and people Can't handle it I think one thing I
1: think one of the most Important things he said Was He was like um, I forget who he, I don't know if he's Talking about Stephen Jackson Or Matt Barnes But he was right. like uh, He was like When y'all Y'all average 13 points He's like That's roughly the Same amount of points That I average over The course of my career
0: So right, Y'all don't have room To talk Our careers were Actually pretty comparable It's true But <laughs> what what Their their I guess their argument Is we wasn't The number one pick And then when When Stephen uh, Jackson Responded It was some weak shit He was like Hey man He's like What you need to do is, you know, don't get mad at us. Get mad at Michael Jordan for drafting you number one overall. And it's like, how are you going to disrespect a man? And when he critiques you, not even critiques you, when he responds, you get mad at him. Let me be clear. On this very podcast, if I said, man, fuck Chris Brown, man. Like, I've I've made a statement about Chris Brown. Like, I don't give a fuck about him, right? Yeah. If Chris Brown got mad and said, hey, man, I don't appreciate you talking about me. You don't know me, man. I'm blood. You know, and he did that. I would say, you know, Chris Brown, I genuinely apologize. I genuinely apologize because I don't know you. And if you feel that I've insulted you in any way, I I apologize. Not because I'm a punk, Mm -hmm. but because if another grown man does not like the way you've been talking to them, it does not reduce you as a human being to fucking apologize. Mm -hmm. It is it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. But basically, Kwame Brown's been going in on them over and over. He said, look, man, I, when I when another man responding, all you had to do was apologize, man. But y'all want to get mad. Now you want to fight me. I mm-hmm. guess um, <clears throat> Matt Barnes has introduced him to his hands. Yeah. And it's like, Matt Barnes, you can't. Dude, you're too fucking old for this. Dude, you're 40 years old. All of you guys are too old for this. Yeah. But honestly, I don't fault Kwame Brown for responding. Right. But you guys, Matt Barnes, 40 some years old now. So is Steven Jackson. And this is how you respond? Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you can't whoop everybody, Matt. And I love Matt Barnes. It's, I feel like he has a great basketball mind and he's a great conversationalist. Mm-hmm. But there's multiple sides of him as a human being, just like there's a multiple sides of me and Keith. Mm-hmm. And not all of them are great. I feel like um, when it comes to shit like this, Matt Barnes has to be a tough guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That shit's played out, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. You start acting like a tough guy with the wrong person, you gonna get fucked up. Yeah. Kwame Brown might be, he might not be a Derek Fisher. No, no. Uh, Gilbert Arenas, when Gilbert Arenas hit up Kwame Brown and apologized. Mm-hmm. And he said, man And then somebody in the comments said Yeah, you better apologize to Kwame here Beat your motherfucking ass And then and then Gilbert Reno said I know, that's why I apologize Oh, dang <laughs> <laughs> And he said, I seen him and his brother Beat up 20 bouncers in the club Nah Yeah, he said, I seen him beat up 20 bouncers in the club Man, I don't want nothing to do with that's that That's a big dude You gotta understand in, in
1: life, you gotta understand weight classes Right I right. remember, uh When uh, Richard Sherman was arguing with some uh, offensive lineman. Trent Williams, he's a left tackle for the Niners now. He slapped him in the face. And and that shit was. What is Richard Sherman going to (laughs) do?
0: You know what I mean? like You could be the toughest guy you want to, but he punch you or he he grab a hold of you, it's over for you. Yeah, what happened is, I guess he was talking and it was at the end of the game. And Trent Williams is a massive dude. He's a huge dude. (laughs) Yeah. When he's like it was like a slap, but it was hard, yeah. And it, he did it so hard. And then uh, uh, R- R- uh Richard Sermon was like,
1: Woo he know I know on the <laughs> inside he was really hurting,
0: yeah. He probably went
1: back and stretched his jaw out in the uh, in the locker
0: room. Hey, if you guys just just to like to get a reference of what we're talking about, go to go to YouTube and put in Richard Sermon, Richard Sermon Trent Williams, and it's gonna show Trent Williams slapping him, yeah. And as he's slapping him, he's like, Bitch ass nigga. <laughs> 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 I'm saying, man, we got to
1: understand weight classes are. Yeah, man. Like,
0: uh-huh. yeah, you, you, like at the end of the day, and and I'll say this because I don't want to be too long winded on this. I know how it feels to be Kwame Brown, and this is why. Not, you know, I don't know exactly, but I have an idea of it, and, and it's it's regards to like me growing up poor and sometimes not having you know the, the right clothes on, you know, and kind of like dressing down and people using you as a subject to crack jokes on you. And it's so many of them, you can't beat their ass. You can't fight everybody, you know? <laughs> so these guys got inside jokes when you walking up and they tapping each other like, hey, hey look, hey. Yeah. And they'll say some some one word, like some one cold word and everybody's laughing like, yeah. hey, here here come pants. And then everybody's laughing. Yeah, And it's like, it, it goes beyond roasting. It's just flat out disrespect. Mm-hmm. And I know how that feels. So when I see Kwame Brown responding the way he does, like the way he's doing, it's like, yo, it's almost like you can low key see yourself mm-hmm. all these people that have talked down to you and shit. Yeah. You know? Um like if it's me and one other person, I'll roast them, but you can't roast 15 people making fun of you at the same time. Yeah. It's it's a terrible feeling, man. Yeah.
1: I think I think the thing for me is that what I've realized um uh, uh more so recently is that um Sports media is narrative based, so something doesn't necessarily even have to be true. It's just some if, if something is regurgitated by Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharpen, it starts to become true. Um, you know, right. the same thing with music like we, we talked about, uh, you know. I think it was last last week when we were talking about J. Cole's album. Everybody's like, oh, J. Cole's boring. And even when I look at the comments now, I'll uh, scroll through the comments on his song or, you know, somebody will post a cover art for his album or something. And they'll be like, this, the, it was like, J. Cole's a good rapper, but his is, is, uh, his beat selection is this or is he's boring. Right, right, and right. it's just like, okay, I get it. You're just saying something that you've heard before. So the same thing with these these sports narratives um, with the guy, even even with LeBron, like, there are statistics that support that even like um, on Wednesday, I think it was, LeBron basically hit a game winner versus the, the right. Warriors. But people still have a, have this narrative that LeBron James is not clutch or anything like that. So what I realized is that sports narratives start to become the truth when so many of these people with these huge platforms on ESPN and Fox Sports Net they start to say these things over and over and over. So for a guy like Stephen A. Smith that'll say, like, Kwame Brown, small hands, you know, calling yeah. him a bust and, you know, the whole number one overall pick and him, you know, not panning out with the Lakers and all these different teams, you know, those those narratives start to go around and it, effect, it affects his bottom line, right. you know, um, in reality. And it doesn't – sometimes – you know, coaches in, in uh, different teams can kind of compartmentalize and understand like, well, he may be an asset to our team or, you know, maybe he'll work here just because the limelight is different than over there. But in reality, these coaches and stuff, they watch they watch, you know, these uh, sports media shows as well and other players and um, uh, stuff like that watch these things, too. So that's the, the, the thing that bothers me the most, how narratives can start to become truth just based off of who's saying these things. Yeah, because
0: it, when they, when you look at somebody as a reliable source for news and they keep saying the same fucked up shit, yeah. you'd be like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, Steve, you're not even going to repeat it as if Stephen A. Smith said you will just say, yeah, his hands are too small. You'll mm-hmm. just re- sometimes this is why I make sure I tell people to go look things up and reference things, because I don't want you to rely on my opinion so much that you just regurgitate what I say. Because Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, Mm -hmm. but I'm aware of that. But other people, man, they'll be like, yeah, so-and-so's this and that. And then because they're a celebrity or because they're some sports commentator, motherfuckers repeat that shit. So not only do you got the sports commentators against you, now you got regular people saying, oh, his hands are too small. Mm -hmm. He's a bust. Yeah. Yo, this is the most weird shit, but uh, I follow Reggie Bush, right? And Reggie Bush... Was in the NFL for, I don't know, at least 10 or 11 years or some shit, right? Mm -hmm. Which is an extremely successful career. Mm -hmm. Nobody lasts in the NFL that long. Especially a running back. Especially a running back. Mm -hmm. And they called him a bust. Like, he's a bust. You know, he came out of USC. He was all hype. And they're like, who the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. There was one time I seen Reggie Bush literally post a picture of his family, right? He posted a picture of his family and was like, dinner time or something like that. And somebody put like, man, you was always a bust. You never panned out. Like, this guy can't even post a picture of his fucking family <laughs> yeah. without you niggas calling him names? Yeah. People are so weird. I think I
1: think even, you know, we're taking it somewhere else, but even as far as Reggie Bush goes, um, timing is important and, you know, coaches and your team is important as well. Right. You think about, like, the way the NFL is now where they're starting to utilize these slot receivers and stuff like that in different ways or utilizing a running back that could, you know, run the ball and then also yeah. catch four or five passes a game and stuff like that. So maybe Reggie Reggie Bush is talented in regards to anybody ever, right? But yeah. Oh yeah. it it sometimes what happens is you, like you may come into the NFL a little bit too early. Even like, you know, we think about a guy like Steph Curry. There was no way he would be able to be the player he is 10 15 years ago because the the, the NBA the has changed league. now. Yeah, the exactly. And they're kind of catering to his skill set. But timing is everything, man. And I I just to me the especially now, not that I have this huge platform or this huge voice, but I try not to disrespect or talk down on anybody because I realize how that stuff can affect people. It's it's one thing to say like hey, I like this or I don't like this or I think this player is uh, great, or I think this you know this player is better than this player. Right. That's one conversation. But when you start to really like talk down on some part somebody, you almost remove yourself from being a human being. Almost. Exactly. Because when we talk about Kwame Brown, we got to realize, or Smush Parker, or anybody, Jeremy Lin, all these players, we got to realize that's a human being on the on, exactly. the on the receiving end of our disrespect. So. And they're in the fucking
0: NBA. Yeah. For multiple years, you (laughs) Uh do not stay in a professional league for that long. If you suck and you're a bust, Mm -hmm. there's obviously you got to realize the NBA is a business. You have to be offering some form of uh, you have to be an asset to the team Mm -hmm. in order to be in the NBA. So if he's a bust and he sucks, why did he stay in the league for like fucking almost 13 years? Yeah. So you have to look at that, you know, and and a lot of times the stat lines or his importance don't show on stats. You know him setting all those screens and, and playing defense. That shit matters. Yeah, and and NBA teams need that, especially uh-huh. during the time where Shaquille O'Neal was still dominant. Uh-huh. You you need somebody that you know that that can you know stop Shaq because it was a whole game where he was denying Shaquille O'Neal. Uh-huh. But nobody ever is never going to see that because they're too busy talking shit about him. But yeah, it, this this topic may be very uninteresting to a lot of people, especially if you don't follow sports. So I will summarize this by saying this. Remember that a person that you're talking about, right, and you may be talking about this person or they may seem like an easy target. Maybe it's someone at your job that everyone talks about. Don't you dare join in. Don't you dare join in on that person because just because they're an easy target doesn't mean they're going they're not going to fucking snap. Yeah. And it says a lot about you to join in on somebody else and someone else's despair Mm -hmm. just because everyone else is doing it. Yeah, that's true. I think, you know, to relate
1: it to more of a personal narrative, um, even Tyron here from Bakersfield, um, you know, when he was kind of bouncing around the G League a little bit and he got released by a few teams, there there was a lot of uh, people, even people locally that weren't in it, weren't D1 basketball players, played no college basketball, didn't go overseas, just niggas that's playing in the park and at rec leagues and stuff. They were like saying some disrespectful stuff. Like I went that not necessarily calling him a bus, but calling him like trash and you know, how you know, why why ain't your jumper this way and that and that way and stuff like that? Um, but what happened was word got back to him and I think he internalized a lot of that stuff. And what happens too is like you were saying, with that, it could be a group of people, like, man, this nigga tired, he ain't he ain't doing this or he ain't doing that, and then somebody else with no credentials, hop in and they'd be like, "Yo, you right, man? This nigga Tyra need to do this." And, it, and it's like, just like, "Shut up!" Dude. You going, you going in, and you are kind of creating this narrative instead of really understanding. Like, well, you more likely to get struck by lightning than make it to the NBA. And he's or, in the fucking NBA. Yeah, exactly. Or even in a G League, right? So it's just a. I would would hope people would start to lean on the accomplishments of people versus trying to like, you know, be disrespectful.
0: towards. Here's, these here's the biggest thing. So, sometimes a win for people is a, is a loss for you. Mm-hmm. So they feel like they're winning by taking a shot at you. Let me be very clear. Right. And I want people to fucking postmark this from this day forward. Not if, but when the podcast continues to ascend and get numbers, me and Key start doing things in our professional career making a lot of money there's gonna be motherfuckers like man that podcast ain't shit man eddie's stupid he's a loud mouth and keith keith ain't as smart as he think he is and Mm -hmm. i I had a better podcast but i had to get a job like people are pieces of fucking scum Mm -hmm. they are scumbags and the problem with it with that is is the the better you do for you the worst they feel about themselves yeah. because they know they're not willing to take the risk and do the work. So the best shot they get is taking a shot at you because mm-hmm. they suck. And I fucking I, look, man, the word hate is a powerful word, but I hate people like that. Yeah, because you type of people, you motherfuckers are the same ones that will never congratulate somebody when they do something good. You will wait till they make one mistake and your bitch ass is talking. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate people like that. The thing that I hate the most too is that
1: it's generally people in the same field that have the most disdain towards other people. It's right? ridiculous. So when, when I was talking about Tyron, the people that I was talking about him the most is people that's playing in rec leagues, but they don't have no real, they no. didn't play in college or anything. Or even if you, like I was talking about J. Cole earlier, um, just... If you're if you're out there and you see somebody hating in comments, look to see what they do. There so you go. I'm pretty sure the majority of those people that's like J Cole is boring, blah blah blah. If you click on their page, they probably got a link in
0: a bio to their Spotify page. Yeah, and they get three no, monthly listeners. They get no listens. Yeah. But let's be very clear: you have to really reel it in and look at the psychology of people that are haters or people that have that have negative conversations about people. Mm-hmm. You got to look at it. Imagine J. Cole, right? Man, that J. Cole whack, man. Like I got, my my flow is better. I've always been better lyrically than J. Cole. And be like, okay, well, I mean, I guess like if that's how you feel, I guess there's a confidence there, whatever. Right. But it's deeper than that. The truth of the matter is not only do you dislike J. Cole, but your girlfriend be like, J. Cole is cute. Mm -hmm. So you, your girl wants to fuck J. Cole. You hate J. Cole and you work it you work at a supermarket. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? J. Cole's rich. So you're looking at all the things that J. Cole has accomplished, in addition to the people around you that love him mm-hmm. and they don't pay attention to you. Yeah. So that could make you resent and hate people if you're not strong minded. Mm-hmm. And and it's sad. Mm-hmm. Imagine how it was for Nipsey. Mm-hmm. Nipsey going to his his neighborhood Trying to build a neighborhood up But you got people hating on him uh-huh. Man fuck Nipsey man He think he better than everybody He ain't doing nothing He ain't doing shit And, and not to mention Not to mention Nipsey being successful and, and having a hit album But your girl wanna fuck him Your cousin wanna fuck him yeah. All these girls like him in the neighborhood Yeah That makes it even worse That exacerbates the problem Cause now not only do you hate him But all the girls you like Like him and don't like you Mm-hmm. You got to go back to your sorry ass life and you hate it. The best thing you could do is stop focusing on other people's success and find a way to do better for yourself. If you focus on yourself, you won't have that hate and resentment anymore. Yeah. I guarantee you. You'll be free. You'll be free. I think a lot of people, um,
1: they were having this... Uh, they were, It was kind of having this... Um, it was on Joe Budden's podcast. Right. It was like this conversation... And I wish I remember exactly what it was, but it was about like freedom of choice. And they were talking about how they were arguing if that if that was such a thing. Right. And not necess- not the literal sense. Like if I wanted to stand up right now, I could stand up. But in, in more of a metaphorical sense to where it's like if imagine you're a hater. Right.
0: Imagine if I farted metaphorically. I don't know what that means. (laughs) 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 But if you're, if
1: you're say, if you're a hater, right, how you operate is um, you're, you're almost in prison by your hate. So if you see J. Cole drop an album and it's 40 people like, yo, this album is dope. Mm -hmm. That's going to um, shape the way you move. Right. Or, you know, same thing with Kwame Brown. You, uh, you, you. If you know, say back in the day when he he misses a layup, or he you know he misses a dunk, or he get dunked on, whatever the case may be. You're imprisoned by the narrative. So instead of saying like, ah, uh, a lot of people have missed a layup, or a lot of people, LeBron's been dunked on, Kevin Durant's been dunked on, the whole you know anybody in the NBA has been dunked. Lebron, uh, Michael, J, uh, Michael Jordan has been dunked on before. Instead of saying something like that, which you know would probably mean you're operating from more of a free free standpoint um you're almost imprisoned by this narrative that Kwame Brown is trash so when um when you see that play happen you may go to Facebook or you may go to whatever platform or you may hit a the group chat or even the people sitting in the room which was like yo this nigga's trash He shouldn't have been the number one pick and all these kind of things right so it's just an interesting uh um conversation that
0: we're having and um You know, I kind of related it to what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to drag on with this anymore. Mm -hmm. I think you guys get the gist of what's going on. Don't be the person that joins in. I know there's a lot of people that are down on their luck or there's a group of people that make fun of one person and you guys get off on that every time. Cut that stupid shit out. Mm -hmm. Stop it. It's a it's not. The thing about it is, is when you're joking on somebody, I think, yeah, there's some people you should have a. Uh, more of a sense of humor and people shouldn't be so uptight. But here's the thing. There's a difference between somebody feeling like they're in on a joke. But if you're treating them like they're a joke, that's disrespectful. You don't ever treat another man like that. That says a lot about you if you think that shit is okay. All right. Switching gears. Uh, What is that here? Uh, Gay Legos. I I know that sounds kind of uh, fucked up, but I'll explain uh (laughs) (laughs) there was a lgbt let's see here let me open it up here it is lego releases first ever lgbt plus set for pride month um lego is releasing its first ever lgbt theme set titled everyone is awesome I wanted to create a model that symbolizes inclusivity and celebrates everyone, no matter how they identify or who they love. The designers, uh, the designer, Matthew Ashton, said in a statement Thursday, the 346 piece set, which will be released at the beginning of June for Pride Month, contains 11 figures, each with an assigned rainbow color we've made sure to include black and brown colors to represent the broad diversity of everyone within the LGBTQIA community. How many fucking letters now? Fuck. <laughs> and we've also added in the pale blue, white and pink to support the embrace the trans community as well. He said, I purposely put the purple drag queen in as a clear nod to the fabulous side of LGBTQIA community. Okay look man Let me make this very clear I don't know what's true And what's not anymore I don't know if these companies And corporations Are um, actually in support Of LGBT Or uh, black people Or whatever they support I don't even know I don't know if they're in support Of these people Or if they're cashing in on wokeness Mm -hmm. So you got to realize you can drive the numbers up on your company if you can cash in on what's hot. Right. And I have a problem with the problem I have with the Legos is Legos are usually targeting kids. And I don't think that it's OK personally to have this type of theme with kids involved And some people will disagree. They say, oh, my God, you're just so stupid. You don't understand. Kids need to feel okay with themselves if they happen to be gay. I think if a kid is gay or finds out they need to they need to discover that themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that these things were ever marketed to us when we were kids. And I know some people that I grew up with that that came out as gay later on. But I feel like they were able to grow into that. Mm -hmm. Now it's it's I feel like there's. What do you call it? There's awareness to it, which I think that's fine. But I think a lot of companies are just cashing in on wokeness. I don't really think they care about black people or or gay people. None of that shit. Because if they did, why the fuck they didn't do this shit ten or twelve years ago? Yeah. All of a sudden, LGBTQ, uh, every, gay Legos. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> why we didn't see gay Legos fifteen years ago? Yeah. Because it wasn't socially acceptable. See, these companies, they they know exactly what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. And it's and it's unfortunate that a lot of people can't see that. They just be like, "Oh, that's great." You know, it's and in, it's inclusivity. And it's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't, yeah. I
1: I think that you we have to be wary of um these companies and what they're doing with like we call it the the wokeness, right? Cuz um when Black Lives or when George Floyd died, there was a bunch of companies coming out and they were saying, uh, Bank of America, we could see the sign from our office, right? Right. Um, they were coming out and they were saying that, um, you know, we're going to spend $2 billion and, you know, $100 million and all these different numbers at different companies, PayPal, Bank of America, um, Couple other companies, Facebook, they were coming out and they were saying that they were going to donate to business owners and you know the black community and underprivileged areas, and all this, all this stuff, right? Excuse me. And what happened is, um, we don't have any receipts yeah, for any at. of this. What the
0: fuck is the receipts?
1: Like even for me, for uh, I think the PayPal one, I tried to apply for the uh, the grant or whatever offer, I, whatever money they were offering, and um, when I applied. The, I think the website had crashed or they had too many um, too many uh, applications or whatever. There was even another one that was, um, it was, I forget which company. I, pl- I applied for it and then there was basically saying like, due to so many applications, we're going to postpone the thing. Never heard anything about it. If I got it or if I didn't get it, either way. So what I'm saying is there's a lot of people that are, cashing in on this uh momentum in this uh in this narrative that's going around or you know back in the day as far as like the Black Lives Matter movement right. and you don't hear anything you don't hear anything about it currently so i right. say the same thing about these legos i feel like if you are doing this you know if you are um creating this, this lego set for the lgbt community um where is the money going yeah. are you just doing this because You know, it's cool, and you think people will buy it, or it's a good business plan, or are are some of these things going to, I don't know, like teaching or you know helping you know people with therapy and all this kind of stuff? Because if it's just a thing where it's like, oh, you know, it's just it's a cool thing for them to have growing up, then that kind of defeats the purpose. And like you said, this is something that gay people have been around uh, forever. forever, You know what I mean? Gay people in the Bible. You know what I mean? So why why only currently what part, of, what part of the bible is that um
0: is it 26? Uh, <laughs> yes 26 yes <laughs> ephesians yes <laughs> that was crazy go ahead <laughs> but
1: i think uh but yeah so it, it, it i i'm just always wary of 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 these kind of things, and I, I I honestly wish there was a world where, um, there was inclusivity and everybody can have the opportunity to, um, you know, if you're a drag queen queen and you want to go to a store where there's you know some drag clothes in there, you could go there, or you know, if you're uh, you know, whatever whatever the case may be, whatever orientation or whatever you present as, you you have something for you. I just Wish it was, um it was. I guess for a lack of a better term, less segregated, if that makes sense. So what mm-hmm. happens on on Netflix? Even right, it's like sections of LGBT, yeah, and then black, there's sections of black. And I wish it was just like, Latino. yo, here's the best show on Netflix. This is, a, mm-hmm. you know, without having the, the the tagline of you know this being the LGBT. But this section is what
0: companies are, mm-hmm. companies are doing. Companies are cashing in on wokeness they're cashing in on progressive like Mm -hmm. progression my thing is is like is this being progressive or is it bullshit Mm because I started to see a shift in the way companies and people were doing things after the death of George Floyd all of a sudden you start seeing um Black movies on There was a whole section For black movies On Netflix After George it's Floyd no, it's died It's
1: business man
0: It's business yeah. This is business As usual mm-hmm. I don't fall For none of this Did you see
1: um, Instagram They're introducing Pronouns on there Oh my god Yeah You could put your I was <laughs> I was uh, I was gonna I clicked on my thing To edit my profile Yeah And I tried to put My pronoun on there But I was gonna put Real nigga And it didn't allow, <laughs> <laughs> It didn't allow me to, <laughs> It was like It basically said We don't see this We don't see
0: this, pro, didn't see this pronoun <laughs> Ethnicity Real ass <laughs> nigga <laughs> Hey imagine this though For pronouns You put it Fuck bitches Get money <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah man uh, I, Can you imagine If you let anybody Hey yo real talk Where we're say pronouns They should allow you To put anything That's right? what I'm saying Right because women to be putting like hot girl shit.
1: Real nigga is actually like what you I pre, that's what I present as. Like I'm an authentic
0: black male. You they'll be, and they'll be like, okay, since it's so progressive, like okay, no problem. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, right now. If you simply say. That you are not up to speed on all of the, you know, the the letters in the LGBT community, or the whole pronoun thing is really confusing to you. People will say you're just transphobic. You should understand it. Uh, no, this shit is new, man. Yeah, this shit is new. Nobody was talking about LGBT nothing mm-hmm. in 2010. Yeah, nobody was talking about <clears throat> LGBT nothing in 2012. We were still homophobic then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Was
1: dropping f-bombs
0: yeah man
1: Niggas was walking the other direction hey I'm man saying.
0: i'll tell you this much right now i don't believe i was homophobic but i was um very i was insensitive yeah to gay and lesbian people meaning <clears throat> like i told my own cousin i apologized to her about three years ago mm-hmm. but i i said uh i said i said this on i think i said it on facebook I said, man, being gay is a choice. Like you made a choice to be gay Mm -hmm. or whatever, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I said this shit like eight years ago or Mm -hmm. seven or eight years ago. And uh, she was like, I can't believe you uh, would say something like that. Like I offended her big time. And I was just like, well, that's the truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like I I went back, I just thought about it one day and I went back and I told her, I said, I remember like seven or eight years ago, I posted about how being gay was a choice. I just want to apologize to you. Yeah. And she was like, oh, my God. She's like. I appreciate your apologies like I haven't forgot about it I know you're a good person you know I know you probably didn't mean I said I know but I just wanted to apologize and let you know that yeah, I I'm... knew she wouldn't have forgot that yeah huh so I knew for a fact she wouldn't have forgot that No, she didn't but she's just like I knew you was a good person mm-hmm. so I think that a lot of times too when you offend somebody that's gay or something they can still see that the good side of you and know that you didn't mean harm but I think it's important to go apologize too yeah yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. um because I understand. And by mm-hmm. the way, nobody is concurrently the same person their whole life. Like back in the day, I was dropping the the word that rhymes with maggot. I was I mean, the, it rhymes with maggot. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. saying it. A, I was say it a lot like jokingly. But that's extremely insensitive to gay people. Yeah. That's like calling me a nigger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you got to understand like that that shit is real, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes I hear like my uncle be dropping the maggots. Mm-hmm. He be saying maggot, and 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 it just makes you kind of cringe. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, man. And it's like you can't tell him. You be like, you're telling like, come on, uncle, you got to chip with that word. He be like, it's the truth. These maggots is doing to him. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, I'm not. You're not gonna change somebody that's setting their ways. <laughs> but at least try to talk to him because I know it's some, it's probably some white guy listening to this podcast right now. Not racist, really cool guy, but you got an uncle that says nigger like 50 times in a sentence. Yeah. And you love him, but mm-hmm. he racist as a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you want to tell him like, "Hey, man, that's not cool. Like, yeah. don't don't say that." Yeah, he'd be like, "What's the big deal? They say nigger in rap music. I can't say nigger. Yeah, it's part of my freedom. Yeah, I can't drop my lifted truck and say nigger with a flag on the back of my truck, <laughs> huh?" <laughs> i can't drive the new f-250 and say nigger at the same time
1: i can't wear my make a make america nigger again hat <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> you failed with that one Keith. <laughs> but i realize this week you just gotta keep shooting you just
0: gotta keep shooting man you keep shooting. shooting from the hip yeah but yeah man because uh,
1: metaphorical farts wasn't hitting either
0: yeah i wasn't going <laughs> what if i metaphorically farted <laughs> That's the thing about podcasts, man. It's it's just it's a conversation that can go anywhere. Yeah. Um. I don't want to stay on this conversation too long with the Legos, but mm-hmm. I think it's this is a example <laughs> of what a lot of companies are doing. Don't fall prey to believing that they're all so progressive. Yeah. It'd be like. All kind of random restaurants that you never heard of saying things about, uh, be like McDonald's. We need to support the black community. You mean this is the same company that's been giving niggas diabetes for the past how many years? And yeah, yeah, and having
1: niggas harmonize Ooh. about chicken nuggets.
0: Yeah, it's like come on now. Yeah, you've been having black people singing in your commercials <laughs> yeah, for chicken come nuggets. Do I? Do I? Try our new twenty piece. Sweet and sour <laughs> barbecue. come on man (laughs) try and then it'd be like a black voice during black history month on mcdonald's Yeah. try brand new barbecue chicken nuggets come on down to your local mcdonald's while supplies last yeah that's trash Yeah, I I think for me
1: as a I would call myself a creator I I don't want to be forced into doing anything right no and that's the that's the annoying part for me about um about uh creatives now like what i see like even for the film that i wrote there's a, a lesbian girl in there right um shout out to the lesbian girl yeah shout out to the lesbian girl but uh <laughs> <laughs> but i i put it in there as more of um authenticity versus like it being something that had to be there so exactly. what i what i realize in a lot of um Hollywood now is that it's like okay we got to check all the boxes okay we're going to have a we're going to have a black guy in here okay mm-hmm. we're going to have a uh, we're going to have a lesbian or a gay guy in here right mm-hmm. then we're going to have an asian character yeah. we got to have at least character. one asian yeah then we're going to have a white guy in there we got to have the white guy then a female A strong female lead whether yeah. she's black white, white. mexican whatever mm-hmm. and it's just like you can't make great art when you're nah, like picking. making it business. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so that's the, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get in later to the Fast and Furious stuff. But, like, that's the, the annoying part for me. If there's a movie that comes out and it's strictly white people and it's great, I'm going to be like, yo, this is cool. And then saying vice versa, if it's strictly Mexicans or strictly black people, it's cool. If it's a movie... Um, that comes in here like a, a, a Moonlight where it's about a gay black male. It's a great movie. Cool. But I just don't like this idea where it's like we're trying to um, check all the boxes or we're trying to seem like a progressive or a woke a uh, TV show right. or, or movie or something like that.
0: Yeah. We don't need Thanos to come out as trans. We don't, we don't need, <laughs> you know, we don't like, it's just forced into movies. Yeah. Even if it's, even if it's black people, there will be something forced in there. Yeah. It'll be like, it'll be a movie. Everything's going good, but then a line will pop up and it be like, it'll be like X-Men or something. Uh-huh. And they'll be like, all right, everybody, let's meet at the plane. He's like, all right. All my black brothers, we need to get to the plane. <laughs> I'm like, this is not supposed to be in the movie.
1: Yeah, it'd be like an X Men movie, and then one of the uh, the trans women will come out and be like, "I used to be an X Man." <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Chris Jenner come out of nowhere. Oh, Caitlyn Jenner. I said Chris. Yeah, got Got to be careful. Oh man, <laughs> man, I don't know. I, I think that what people need to understand is is that we're in a lot of this shit is new, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is new. Where it's like, you know, you misgendered me. You did, you know, you said this. I think if you're if you're actively being insensitive to this shit, then you just being an asshole. But if you literally are like you're not up to par, not even up to par, you got to realize that for all of our lives in america we've been used to man woman that is the average relationship and the average title that people have man woman that was that's been it yeah but as of recent if you say man woman they're like no false that is false and you're like wait how is that you're first of all first one thing is that
1: you're uh Remixing biology that we've learned since. Remix! So like, you know, stuff that we've learned, uh, you know, since we were kids, you're remixing biology, right? And then also you're remixing the way we actually speak. Um, You're, you know, just English, the English language. So when you say like they or them, or something like that, it's gonna alter the way that we normally speak, like pass that to him, or pass that to, instead of saying like pass that to them, or pass that to they, when it's actually one person. It's just like confusing for everyone, so I guess um, we just need time to like unlearn a lot of the stuff that we did. Or what, you know, I I don't know which way it's gonna go, if if the world is gonna catch up, or if maybe um, it's not gonna be such a big deal. Um, 10 years from now
0: i think that i think that words like gender fluid and non-binary and pronouns and lgbtqt plus this nigga trying to get canceled no i'm not trying to get canceled i'm no. just i was just i'm just having a play on words <laughs> if, if you cancel me because you think i'm being transphobic for <clears throat> having a little bit of humor like you, if you really think about this, Dave Chappelle made a great point. Mm-hmm. If you can't even display humor when having the conversation about LGBTQ at all, then how the fuck can you expect to be seen as everyone else? That's true. Think Dave about Chappelle, that. Dave Chappelle had a hilarious joke. <laughs> Were
1: you? I don't. It's, I, I'm not. I'm a butcher it because you know you would have to have seen the whole setup. But he was he was accepting his award as like the the uh, the it was like the it was a comedy award I forget what the, the name of it it's after some uh, author or something right. like that um, I wish I remember the name but basically he was accepting an award and he he went through his whole speech and you know you know thanking everybody and talking about comedy and stuff like mm-hmm. that and then he was just like I just have one last thing to say. I'm gay. And then he just walked off stage.
0: Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yo, real talk. Like people coming out as gay is not news anymore. Yeah. It used to be news. So and so comes out as gay or so and so comes out as non binary. Mm-hmm. Now when I see it, I'm just like, hmm, huh. Basically, It's regular Tuesday. Uh, it's not a it's not a rollout anymore. It's not a rollout anymore. Like, it's cool. I'm
1: glad, you know, a lot of people struggle with coming out and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I, I think that um uh, If you if you come out and say you're gay or you you're or they or them and then you got an album coming out, I'm just like, hmm. You know, know I'm gonna tell
0: you one thing that I'm just not okay with, and I'm just gonna be. It it can make me look bad, and I don't even give a fuck. Mm -hmm. One thing that I do not subscribe to at all. I'm still learning. You know, I'm still listening to things going on in the (laughs) world, but I will never understand transracial. That's one thing I won't
1: ever get. Is it going? I mean, I know it's a thing, but I'm like, is this catching? Catching some
0: steam. It's some people that say I, I, I identify as a black man, and I, I and I'll be like, I identify with be putting these hands on you. <laughs> You're tired of these motherfuckers with that. You are not black, man. Shut the, shut up. My, my my not to cut you off, but my only
1: thing is that um, it's it's hard to say that I accept one thing without. For me, I'm not. I'm not. When I say accept something, I'm not even saying that I understand it because a lot of it I don't understand. Right. But it's hard for me to say that I will accept someone Mm -hmm. presenting as uh, gender fluid or presenting as a trans woman or a trans man. And then turn around and say like, you know, I don't understand this. But what
0: what you're not going to make me do is subscribe to it. I don't have to subscribe to it. But I feel like respect is definitely needed. Respect is definitely necessary. Uh-huh. I will never be transphobic. I will never be homophobic. I will never be any of those things. But I don't have to subscribe to your ideology. Mm-hmm. I cannot make any white person subscribe to my experience as a black man because they don't know what it's like to be black. So why the fuck do they have to subscribe to it the same way that other people don't? So well, that, go ahead. Oh, my bad. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. No, that's what bothers me. Mm-hmm. What bothers me is the fact that. If you don't subscribe to it, people will label you immediately. Yeah. And it's like, "No motherfucker, don't do that to me. Don't you dare do it cuz I don't do that to other people. I don't I don't chastise and and tell white people you racist cuz you don't know this." And it's like, "White people don't know all the intricacies and the and the, the the details of what it's like to be black, and I can't use that against them." Yeah. But I'm
1: just saying there's a a lot. I sent you that article where the girl she was um, she was a uh, like one of the best track uh, athletes oh, yeah, in, in Utah or whatever, mm-hmm. and she was saying like she the only reason she lost is because there were some trans women mm-hmm. that she was competing against. So I say that to say that there are people, <clears throat> mostly on the women's side, because I think they're affected by it the most. Right. Um, that feel like the same way you do about the racial issue. Right, like They're right. they're saying like well you you don't have the history of yes. being marginalized or not voting mm-hmm. or um you know dealing with you know whatever issues as far right. as being an athlete and stuff like that so it's a it's a it's a very nuanced conversation yes. um and i i but i will i will lean on the thing that you're saying is that if you're changing something about your race or your gender or something um Your experience is not the
0: same as somebody that came into the world like that. No, Mm -hmm. fuck no, it's not. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to sit here and act like it is. Mm -hmm. And if you play (laughs) this back when I'm successful and it's 10 years down the line and you play this back and say, Eddie is transphobic. Here's the proof. (laughs) Like you didn't (laughs) listen to the podcast. You didn't listen listen to the podcast, did you? You fucking idiot. Yeah. What I'm basically saying is there are so many things that are true. Mm -hmm. Stop making People need to stop finding one thing to latch on to and making that whole idea the truth yeah. or that whole idea is the only thing that matters. Yeah, It's also true. Here's the thing. It's true that it's not okay to be transphobic because there are people that have hate crimes. There's all kinds of things that go on with the LGBT community and trans people being beat up and gay people being beat up, right? But in regards to trans people, It's also true that I do not agree with trans women in women's sports. Do not, do not, do not agree with that. Mm -hmm. I don't. Because if I have a daughter that busts her ass and works hard and loses to someone that is a trans woman, right, am I going to be flipping out on the trans person? No. It's basically the people at the top that allowed it. Mm -hmm. That's who I'm going to be mad at. Mm -hmm. As men we have a physical advantage That's facts We have testosterone So to sit there and say Oh it's okay If you're 6 foot 5 200 and whatever pounds And you go to a female sport like basketball And you dominate it as a trans woman It's unfair Didn't uh, what did Dave Chappelle say about LeBron? I don't remember what he said I don't remember remember the joke
1: It was uh, on the podcast On Joe, Joe Rogan's podcast He's talking uh, about uh,
0: if Joe, if LeBron James decided to be. I don't remember. I remember him saying <laughs> it, but I don't remember it, the specifics. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't really repeat it. Yeah. But I just think we got to, at the same time, even if you support <laughs> something, you really need to see, you really need to take a step back and look at it objectively. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lack of objectivity. We just say, you know, you know, women can do anything a man can do, or this, that, and the third. And I don't think that men can't do everything a woman can do. Mm-hmm. So stop this stupid fucking narrative. Stop mm-hmm. it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Women can do everything a man can do. No, you can't. Mm-hmm. Man can't do everything women can. Mm-hmm. These things are true. Mm-hmm. So stop it. Like, <laughs> cut that shit out, man. There are things that women are simply better at than us that we can't fucking do, that they that they can do. Period. Yeah. yeah. Vice versa. Mm-hmm. But I think we live in this world of extremes. And that shit is annoying. Yeah. But yeah, man. Gay Legos. Yeah, they get there. yeah, that's it. It's <laughs> all stemmed off gay Legos, man. If gay Legos didn't exist, I wouldn't be so fired <laughs> up. Oh man. And now Keith's talking about, you know, uh parts in the Bible about gay I didn't know it was gay people in the Bible. Yeah. What part of the Bible was it? Uh I can't I can't quote it
1: exactly, but it was, you know, certain oh certain parts in there. Somewhere in the back? It's in the back? Yeah, probably like the uh second second uh testament or something
0: second testament mm-hmm. okay in the very back at the very bottom of the book it's <laughs> the bottom this in the a... back in the back of the bible <laughs> <laughs> i'm still, i'm searching for a
1: joke <laughs> couldn't find one. All second right. testament i mean the new testament the second Testament. what Second, yeah, second, second testicle <laughs> the, the, new te- the
0: new testicle <laughs> That's the name of the pod <laughs> The new testicle <laughs> Alright Switching gears man Fast and Furious 9 um, When are these motherfuckers gonna give up mm-hmm. This shit has not been about Cars for a long time but I don't want to start It off with you know with my Sour uh, You know my sour outlook on this movie Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like that doesn't mean you shouldn't like it. So I don't want to ruin it. And hey, guess what? You know, art is subjective, right? Just because I don't like it or you like it doesn't mean anything, Mm -hmm. you know. But my problem is is this started out as a car movie, and now they're doing the most fictitious stunts I've ever seen. They went from being car guys to being like martial artists and shit. Yeah. You still got Tyrese in this movie with these corny ass lines. Mm -hmm. God, this is like... This is a Tyrese
1: mo- in there shaving pussy.
0: Yeah, this guy. One minute he's shaving pussy on Instagram, and the next minute he's in Fast and Furious Nine. <laughs> this guy's living the life, man. <laughs> shaving pussy and driving good cars. Wow, yeah, that's the life, right there. Yeah, Tyrese. I really feel like, honestly, as far as acting, like there are no good actors in this movie. There are like no good. Think about this, and I'm not trying to be fucked up. <laughs> there are like no good actors in this movie. None of them. They simply get these cheesy fucked up lines and do these fictitious stunts and boom there's a movie. Vin Diesel. Has Vin Diesel ever been in a movie where he had to really act? I am Groot. Not acting. Riddick. Not acting. Fast and Furious. Not acting. This nigga got the best job in American history (laughs) in acting. Because he never had to act in one film. Yeah, I all Tyrese had to do in every one of these movies Is be the black character That's all they had to do is be the black guy How hard is that to do Back in the day black guys had the coolest lines They'd just be like yo that's dope and That's all they said The whole fucking movie Yo that's whack <laughs> <laughs> or if you're black and it's the 90s and you're in a horror movie you just gotta die before everybody yeah you gotta last one day on set it was like the thing in hollywood where if you were black in a horror movie or a shark movie the shark always ate you first yeah. apparently sharks like dark meat yeah. i don't know what was going on but motherfuckers were dying yeah and it was it was crazy there was a i was watching community yesterday uh-huh
1: and uh there's um, for those of you that don't know, it's a uh, show. I think it premiered probably like nine, ten years ago. But Donald Glover is in it. Uh, Joe McHale. Um, Kim Jong. What's the, Kim Jong-un? Not him. What's the uh, <laughs> the other Asian guy? He used to be a doctor. Uh, uh, he's in the uh, Hangover series.
0: Oh, I know exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, that,
1: that guy, he's in there. And uh, a bunch of other people, <clears throat> but there was there was like this zombie apocalypse kind of thing going on, and everybody had turned into a zombie, but um, Donald Glover and one other character, his name is Abed, and in the thing, like basically he helped him get out of this like building by lifting, like you know, giving him a boost to help him climb out of a window or something like that, and he was like, go. I just want you as a black man to last,
0: you know, to be the last person to die. <laughs> kind of playing on that narrative. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, here's the article I've seen about Fast 9. I've seen, it says, I've seen seven minutes of Fast 9 and I'm convinced it's already going to be wilder than I imagined. It says, I watched seven minutes of Fast and Furious in the movie. And the entire film has the energy of an action-packed sequence. My eyeballs are ready for more. Insider was on hand as 13 movie studios gathered t- together to pre- preview some of their upcoming releases during Wednesday. The big the big screen is back. Event is in Los Angeles. Fast 9 footage was shown to a small group of press hand. The ninth installment of the Fast Saga follows Dominic t- t- Toretto, Vin Diesel, as he's f- F- faced with a blast from the past, a younger sibling named Jacob, John Cena, for the man who's lived by co- by the code, never turn your back on family. It raises a lot of questions about why we're just hearing about Dom and Mia's younger brother. Oh, my God. Come on now. It's I mean, like a John
1: Cena just pop up in a ninth, but here you got to just really start- more like the 10th or
0: 11th series. The- I mean, movie in a series. This is why I have a a blatant disrespect for some movies, and the reason why is what they're doing is they just added another huge name. to Who also happened to be a former wrestler. For a money grab. (laughs) Hello. Can't you see what the fuck they're doing? It's the same thing they did with that movie Expendables. That's why I have a deep hatred for that movie. They got Chuck Norris. They got fucking... uh, I think chuck liddell was in it or somebody they had um uh uh jet lee was in it uh Jerry sylvester Cruz. stallone Terry. they found as many tough guy actors as they could as a it's money all grab. action stars it's all action so it was the biggest money grab shit movie i've mm-hmm. ever seen oh my god and was what's sad is people keep showing up to the movies
1: yeah I might actually go see this, only because my aunt invited me to go. Oh, and, Keith. You know, it's like in a family event. So. All right, Keith. Whatever, man. <clears throat> but hey. I haven't watched I haven't watched it since Paul
0: Walker passed away. My God. The, the movie. Oh, I haven't watched this shit since Tokyo Drift when Bow Wow was in it. <laughs> this is before Bow Wow <laughs> was faking he was in a plane and shit. He was on a private jet. Bow Wow is in this one. He is? Yeah,
1: I think he has Are a cameo. Sure? Uh-huh. He has a cameo? I'm, I might be tripping, but I'm pretty sure he's in there. Oh, what the fuck is he doing in here? Oh, well, he's he's part of the series, I guess. But what the fuck is he gonna do? I mean, you—this is a questions you need to ask the writers on
0: Fast and Furious. But you know, it's the, part the, of the look. The writers bringing in Bow Wow might actually make the movie lose money. <laughs> 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 you bringing in Bow Wow? Yeah. You gotta look—they they bringing in all these big names. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's just like that. I think there was a movie. Um, uh, the strip movie that w- Had Jennifer Lopez in it I think And yeah. it, and they had Cardi B had a cameo In it yeah they only had gave her a Cameo to draw a it's a money grab I'm tired of These big like These movies it's like Fast food mm-hmm. They don't nurture like they don't, the, the writing is shit The CGI and the Stunts are just too Much and it's over the top On purpose yeah I I feel um
1: kind of uh I guess you feel different ways depending on how you approach it. As a business, it's very successful. So 100%. it's difficult to to for me as an aspiring filmmaker to say like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, if you have an opportunity to have to make a billion dollars 9 times in a row, like why wouldn't you do it? All uh-huh. right. Um, but then again, as an artist, you 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 think about things from a different perspective. Yes. Like you know, you want to you want to have a great script. You want to have great actors. You want to have a you know a great storyline. You want to have great cinematography, <clears throat> the whole nine. Right. Um, and that's independent of big names generally. Right. So it's it's kind it kind of goes both ways. I I the the reason I said like I stopped watching it after Paul Walker died is because I thought like that was a a great way to put a cap on the franchise. Yeah. And even, I mean, even, you know, before then... I was kind of like falling out of love with the franchise already, but it was kind of like, yo, this is Paul Walker's last movie and, and that. So I was like, man, let me go support and, you know, just see how they put it together because they, they did different stuff to with the CGI and having his brother in certain scenes and stuff like that. So I wanted to support it from that aspect. And then when I realized they were coming back again, I was just like, dang, like you guys are kind of exhausting um, this franchise Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a tough position. And I say that, you know, only as, uh, an aspiring filmmaker, because you, I think that most people given the opportunity would take advantage of that. You got a guy like Tyrese, um, who doesn't make music, that much music anymore. He probably, and he, he doesn't really make many movies outside of the fast and furious. So as an actor in this thing, you could, show up once a year for three months, maybe. Um, and then you probably promoting it for another three or four months. Right. Um, and you might make anywhere from six, seven, eight million million, you know, stepping out of the house one time a year. Um, Crazy. So from that perspective, it's like, it's good money. You know what I mean? I think it's they're going to make it more than that, I think. It's a huge, uh I'm just depending on the actor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but- you know, you're making huge money every time you step out of the house. So yeah, it. I think just you know, from an artistic standpoint, bleh. But yeah. from a business standpoint,
0: you know, it's hard. It's kind of hard to. But say. sometimes you have to. Say, look, here's the, here's the problem though, right? The problem with this as an artist is you're putting yourself in a position where you can optimize your earning potential, but you're fucking yourself. Because you are allowing yourself to be typecasted. Mm-hmm. Some of these people may not be able to get a real acting role after this shit. Cause yeah. they'll be like, nobody's gonna be like, you know what we can sure use in this movie? Ludicrous. <laughs> Who the fuck's gonna say that? Yeah. You know, you know, this movie needs one more thing. We need a very great actor to really captivate people. Mm-hmm. We could use Vin Diesel. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yo. You never have to exercise your acting muscle when you got corny lines, fixed, fictitious scenes, and you're basically doing the same shit every time. If you're making that much money, look, I can't, I'm, I can't hate on that. But from an artistic standpoint, you are limiting yourself. Yeah, It's just like, and this is, this is me kind of talking out of my ass. Let's say you're 25, right? Mm-hmm. And you and your friends start a podcast, and the podcast is about sex. And it's about, like, it's about having casual sex, being a single guy, right? Being a single guy going to the club and hooking up with a lot of chicks. How long do you think that has a shelf life? Not very fucking long. Yeah. Right? But you may get numbers. You may get a lot of numbers, just like uh, the Call Her Daddy podcast. Mm Right? Is there, not to, I want you to finish your thought. Mm -hmm. Is there a guy equivalent to that? I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, you can get a lot of views and people gonna tune in, mm-hmm. but don't nobody wanna hear about you being a single bachelor fucking chicks at the club at 45 years old? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the point I'm trying to make. <clears throat> like, yeah. it's, you have to be willing to sacrifice that sometime. Like, yeah. for example, if they say, hey, we love a Truckers Mind podcast, you and Keith are great, man. But we're wondering if you guys can talk about, like, you know, just like disrespecting chicks, calling them bitches. We'll, we'll pay you $30 million. Right? I'm and taking I- it. You taking it? <laughs> 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 I've never seen Keith this flagrant.
1: <laughs> flagrant 3 podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All of our regular subscribers are tune out. We, we get a whole new audience of people. Fuck, man. Yeah.
1: It's tough. For me, I... I don't have a commentary on air about anyone's acting in that movie. Because um, what I realized, too, is that uh, your ability to act is not is only part of the reason why you get a, a, a job in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, you True. do get a lot of jobs just based off of your name. You, you may not yeah. you may be in the room with somebody that could act his ass off, but it doesn't necessarily matter if you can't bring people to the uh, to the theater. So it's just so it's just so many nuances and that's the difficult part, right? So like when we think about, um, let's say like the early, let's say like the 2010, 11, 12, maybe 2000, 2009, 2008 in there, I mm-hmm. think like that was like the, um, a semi golden era for music, right? Because mm. a lot of these artists didn't even have deals, Mm. they was just making music, you know, they was booking studio time with they they regular jobs and sa- they were sampling songs that they didn't even have cleared and they was just throwing them on freaking mixtape websites, mm. right? So there was no there was no real stakes. Um but what happens after that is all those artists got signed and all those mm. artists, you know, you got major labels backing you and spending money to promote and sending you to the studio with different producers and stuff like that. Right. And then sometimes uh, some of those artists, their, their careers didn't necessarily pan pan out, or right. people would say like, "Yo, I love their mixtape stuff, but the album wasn't that great." Yeah. It, it, so I say that to say like the business aspect, it's it's there. There's nothing you can do about it. You That's know, facts. no matter what, whatever, when no matter what movie, even if it's you know Avengers, they have a huge franchise. You yeah. know what I mean? Even when it came to Black Panther, right? Who did they didn't they didn't just go to Joe Schmoe, they got Michael B. Jordan, they got Chadwick Boseman, they got Forrest Whitaker, Angela Bassett, you know what I mean? Obviously, these are great actors, so it's not the greatest example. But what I'm trying to say is that they went to the names because they're going to bring people into the movie theater.
0: A hundred percent. And I feel like the business overall already has a vision for what they're going to do. So like you said, the the mixtape guy that was so dope and everybody loved his music, Once he got signed by that major, they already had a vision for what they wanted to do with his sound. Yeah. So they probably hooked him up with a bunch of fuckboy producers that didn't really help his sound. Mm -hmm. But they said, no, we're going to do this. That's why it's important as an artist, too, to have 100 percent creative control. Mm -hmm. You know, say, hey, look, I want to work with this producer. This producer works or I've been working with this producer for nine years. This is who I want to work with. He's been making my sound better. You know, it's just like with um, with Future. He was with like he was with DJ Esco and he was with somebody Zay-toven. else. Zaytoven. Zaytoven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they helped they help create that sound that like Future in 2015, 14, 15 is when he really started popping. Mm-hmm. That's when he really started going off. But that's when he was really with Zaytoven and mm-hmm. and uh who's the other one I just said? DJ Esco. Cool, yeah. And now, you know, he has different producers and whatnot. But sometimes you'd be listening to Future and he'd be like, Zaytoven! He'd be like, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's back yeah. with him again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. it's tough, man. A young I,
0: metro, my bad. That's another metro one. Metro booming, yeah. yeah. If your metro don't judge sure, you I'm going to you. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's it's a tough space to be in. And I think for anybody listening that is an aspiring artist or uh you know that they, they aspire to have a podcast platform or anything, you got to realize like as much as it like you you are an artist and you're a creative, at a certain point like th- there's going to be money involved. Like even for me like when I was uh, my I finished writing my screenplay, but when I was talking to a couple, well, just one producer. No, I'm not going to act like I'm just out here talking to Hollywood executives and whatnot. If but, you're Metro, don't turn my screen. But no, when I talk to uh, the producer, that's that's the conversation. Who can we get in this movie? Like, what, yeah. what actors do you have attached? Do you know somebody, you know, that has a semi-following? And, you know, when you have those actors attached to it, um, then they're the people that can bring in, you know, money from financiers and stuff. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. You ain't gonna get no money from no financier if you like, you know, I'm an artist and I feel like that the most, the most basic, you know, essential thing, once they hear you talking like that, they're like, yeah, we ain't giving this. No <laughs> <shit."> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get this nigga out of here. Who yeah. you
1: got in the movie? How long is the movie? Mm-hmm. Is it action? Is it drop? You know, that's the type of conversations they the, have.
0: The, the financier gonna cut you short. We need tits. We need blacks. We need lesbians. <laughs> we need uh, we need Asian representation in this movie. We need some Asians in there. Yeah. You, if okay, look, we we gotta have the progress. If there's no trans, if there's no blacks, no Asians, deals off, buddy. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Yeah. That you think that like this is. I'm joking, of course. Mm-hmm. But if you think that some of these things aren't said like yeah. come on now I'm cu-
1: I'm very curious like you know obviously I haven't been in those type of meetings yet but as soon as I am I'm gonna bring it right back to the podcast like, oh, you know yeah. what this guy told me he said, he said we, need- we need a black gay sex scene in my movie and it's about teenage basketball players Yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna show you how to ball <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh that's, crazy. that's crazy wouldn't that be a crazy Idea because mm-hmm. sometimes in some of These movies that's based on teenagers they have Sex scenes yeah back in like the 90s They did that like uh, what was it called uh, Not I know what you did last summer but um, Fuck Like teen movies where teenagers Like are kissing about to lose their virginity Or whatever yeah. that'd be making me low-key Uncomfortable yeah it's like I know that these Actors are above the age of 18 yeah But it's like I don't need to see Tits yeah Mm-hmm. It's taking it too far.
1: Yeah, even uh, that one movie with uh, J-Lo, when she was, like, sleeping with the kid.
0: Oh. He, the kid was, like,
1: 18 years old, and even in the movie, but it was kind of, like. Uh, it was weird, especially was when he, when he started
0: eating ass. I was like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it right here on this podcast, man. Uh, I'm not an ass eater, but. jlo. I make those reservations with J-Lo. Yeah, licking her booty hole, huh? I don't. I don't want to go into details. <laughs> keep that between me and J Lo. J is going. I think she's going to divorce this guy.
1: She's supposedly she talking to uh to uh, Ben Affleck again. No way. That's what they say they've been communicating. Well, you, you mean, know, celebrities communicate through email. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. we should reconvene soon. <laughs> sincerely,
0: J Lo. Sincerely, Jennifer Lopez, your ex fiance <laughs> Like at this point, it, Jennifer Lopez is the problem. And this is the problem with Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez is too successful and too independent. And people say, well, what's wrong with that? Are you intimidated by an independent woman? Oh, makes sense. Nope. Jennifer Lopez gets bored of men. Hmm. I think that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Jennifer Lopez is sexy. She got a nice ass. She's aging well, and she's rich as fuck. Yeah, And- with a girl, with a woman like Jennifer Lopez, why should she even have to be faithful to you at that point? I feel like Jennifer Lopez should. she should, Jennifer Lopez should just live the rest of her life fucking twenty three year old guys. Dang, really? She really should, because she's gonna get bored with every. She was with Mark Anthony and ben she got Affleck. bored of Drake. Yeah, Drake. She curved Drake. Yeah, Drake. J Lo the goat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Drake I, Drake probably wasn't. He probably knew what he was in for, he yeah, but but what
1: I, I mean his album is called Certified Lover Boy, so yeah, who knows? Know? Jay probably it would probably, get he probably I,
0: would get uh his heart broken by Jennifer Lopez. Yeah,
1: Jayla probably wore him out, and then he was probably was sucking his thumb after she wore him out. Jennifer Lopez seemed like the
0: type that will dominate you, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to get into the sexual stuff. Like, oh my God, this made me uncomfortable what he said about Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I just think Jennifer Lopez is, she's too successful. She's too mm-hmm. uh, talented, independent. She is bored of men. Jayla gonna end up with Bill Gates. Even, yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, Bill Gates' gonna be typing codes in that. Ha <laughs> God, <laughs> oh man! Uh, There's only crazy. certain women that could be in relationships with with J Lo. I feel like, honestly, like women. I mean, only men. Only mm-hmm. certain men that could be in a relationship with Jennifer Lopez. I feel like Jennifer Lopez got to be able to do like Jay Z or something.
1: You think so? Uh huh. Why?
0: Just because it's the the amount of drive, power, um, yeah. you know integrity that he has i feel mm-hmm. like that's the only type of dude she could really have because now the dude she with now alex rodriguez is super rich guy and he's he's part owner of the timberwolves now oh dang yeah super rich guy that but, nigga never shot a basketball in his life nah but what's funny about alex rodriguez is alex rodriguez just came out with a line for makeup for men Really? You haven't seen that? No. Let me look, look this shit up stuff. while we're talking. <clears throat> it's not a main topic, obviously, but it's like, yo, she' finna leave this nigga. He' coming out with makeup now. Hmm. That's a, um, not a lot of guys, but
1: a lot of straight men are wearing makeup now. What? Even uh, a da- Daniel Kaluuya, the um the Black Get out Luke? guy, the African. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was
0: wearing like some Fenty makeup or something. Wow, this is fucked up. <laughs> as soon as I put in Alice Rodriguez. TV host Belinda Russell says A Rod slid into her DMs following J Lo split. This can't be. Oh, they did split up. Mm-hmm. Alice gets slid into TV host Belinda Russell's Instagram DMs. Why y'all gotta say that? Like, what? Yeah. I, I'm so Let no man
1: live. He's he a single man out here. Yeah. That, that's
0: the thing, too, is like
1: what happens with these news outlets, similar to the New York Post, they are presenting information that's not necessarily relevant. So if, if A yeah. Rod is a single man out here, it's he's it's free game for him to slide into anybody's dms but why would you yeah. have to say like
0: j-lo's x whatever yeah bro and look at the end of the day don't look i hate to say this but just i think it's better for a lot of women to just deny these guys and move on yeah i feel like you're talking about alex sliding in your dms because it's gonna get you attention what if that's it what if men started to do the same thing because right? i could i could do that i'm nobody special but yeah women have i'm sure women have slated into keith's dms as well no <laughs> but drake <laughs> but drake huh?
1: if, what if drake started out in people mm-hmm. like whatever RB singer whatever actor
0: blah blah blah, just right. my because i'm sure it's crazy in there oh yeah you know it is mm-hmm. yeah blue but, checks too Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely some blue checks in there. I don't, I don't like the whole slides and DMs thing. And don't be flattered Mm -hmm. when a guy slides into your DMs and you can tell he's just trying to hang out. He just wants some pussy. It's nothing for you to even mention to anybody. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't flatter yourself. Don't self. flatter yourself. He's not trying to fucking marry you. He wants some pussy. <laughs> like, doo. Um hello hey, I like the way you uh if they especially if it's some little small meaningless conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah, I like the way that pizza looks. Yeah, I mean, you should go for some pizza tonight. Yeah. Over some drinks or some shit like that. He's just trying to blaze your pie. Yeah, he's trying. To, yeah, that's it. Mm. He's trying to blaze that pizza. <laughs> that's all he's trying to do. Don't be don't fucking flatter yourself. <laughs> just deny the guy and move, move on. on with you. Life, yes. yeah. All right. Uh, switching gears. Um, podcast host Joe Budden was recently accused of sexual harassment and it was it was news. I'll uh, Put it that way. Uh, let me go to the article right here. Um, Joe Budden accused of sexual harassment by fellow podcast. Hope Olivia Dope issues apology. Six days after controversy of dismissing dismissing the co-host of his show joe Budden show podcast host joe button has apologized to fellow podcaster olivia dope who was accused who accused the new york rapper of sexually harassing her throughout an episode of her show the set that he sat in on dope was the host of female focus see the thing is podcast on joe button network posted a video on Instagram on May 17th alleging that Joe Button was a guest on episode 16 of her podcast and continuously made sexually suggestive remarks to me that made me extremely uncomfortable as well as fearful of dampering the mood if I didn't laugh along with uh, along while he made those sexual remarks about me Here's the thing man um I don't think his men will never understand how it feels to be a woman in that situation and I feel like there's some men that are so tone deaf that they need to understand. You can't joke around with all women like this. You might run into two or three women where y'all cracking sex jokes back and forth, but don't, don't make the assumption that women are supposed to be okay with you talking about eating pussy and grabbing on her and stuff like that. Like, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Now me and Keith may crack some jokes here on a podcast, but we understand that our audience, uh, understands us as you've listened to enough episodes to understand you know our uh humor but I wouldn't like mm-hmm. I would not feel okay having women here and talking the way this guy's doing that's just mm-hmm. ignorant
1: mm-hmm.
0: you don't want to talk about doing sexual things to the woman that's on the podcast yeah like yeah we ain't fucked yet but uh <laughs> I was like dog you don't play like that with a woman you don't know <laughs> you don't play with it like that with women at all yeah But this this is just tone deaf, man. The goddamn ambulance has to come by every time we start a podcast. Yeah, niggas be dying. I'm tired of people getting shot. (laughs) People need to stop getting shot so me and Keith could do a podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's how insensitive white people be sounding when they be. Stop the violence. (laughs) But um, I think that uh, the 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 part where he screwed up is that he knows. Two thirds of that podcast. He knows Bridget Kelly and he <coughs> Kelly and he knows Mandy. Um, and Mandy also has a podcast that is very sexual. Yes. So he coming in there, and we we didn't get to. Uh, the only thing I will say is we didn't get to hear the edited parts. Um, we are only hearing from her perspective what he actually said, as far as like. You know him wanting to have sex with her, and him you know wanting to communicate more. We do know that there were, if you watch the video, there were parts that were obviously edited. Um, right. They didn't even hide it at all. They didn't even switch camera angles or none. They just like chopped it and then it cuts to the next scene. hmm So we know that they were trying to get rid of something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but where he screwed up, like I was saying, it was he knows the, the the two other hosts um on the on the podcast in the tone in which he probably communicates with them regularly is like that. He's especially Mandy, you know, her her podcast is very sexual. So he's probably going on there and thinking, you know, I'm having a casual conversation with, uh, with these women that I know when in reality, you know, there's another, uh, one third of that podcast that is unfamiliar with him or his go. tone is comedy. And she just felt very uncomfortable. Right. Um, and that's primarily where he where he screwed up. Mm. Um, the problem is, though, it's not even Joe Budden. This is a problem, like I was telling Eddie, you know, we talked about it uh, many a times where we've seen other radio hosts, other podcasters um, have these same sort of tones with other women on their platforms. And it's just it's just a mess overall. And I think what we have to do is um, to call it like reading the room. When when we are um, uh, in the presence of women, whether it's in a podcast platform or, um, you know, just casually, we got to understand that um, there's a there's a trauma associated with the way that men talk to women. A hundred percent. And we have to cater our conversations to that. So, you know, a, a lot of women would genuinely appreciate if men spoke to them like human beings, dismissing their titties and their butt or whatever. Like just talk to them. Uh, Like I gave an example to Eddie earlier. Like, you know, if you're in a grocery store and you see a woman in the aisle and, you know, you guys see a box of cereal or Raisin Bran or whatever. And y'all just having a casual conversation about Raisin Bran. Right. You're not flirting with her. You're not, not trying to get her Instagram. You're not trying to get her Snapchat or nothing like that. Right. And then you just walk off and go about and your go day. And go about your day. There yeah, you go. That's the type of stuff that women, at least from what I've heard, women would appreciate. Right. Um, but it doesn't always have to be this, like, this uh, this uh, plot to have some sort of
0: sexual intercourse or something go. with them. So. And I'm gonna tell you why Keith it, Keith is 100% right. I've had a lot of those interactions with women and then like for example, you'll be in a cereal aisle or something like he said, you'll be like, yeah, those Raisin Bran, that's that's only good when you want to take a shit. Mm-hmm. And they'll start busting up laughing or something mm-hmm. and I'll be like and I'll be like, you was going for that Raisin Bran wasn't you? And mm-hmm. they'll be like, shit, probably. Yeah. I've been getting stopped up lately. Whatever the case. And it'll yeah. be an attractive woman, mm-hmm. very attractive and she's laughing at your jokes and whatnot. And you guys seem to be having some chemistry. And then you'd be like, hey, you be safe. Have a good one. And you walk away. Mm-hmm. And then when you walk away as a man, you'd be like, man, I probably should have got her number or something. Mm-hmm. But actually, no. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. Just fucking walk off. Yep, You don't need to be trying to scheme to get pussy every time you talk to a woman. Mm-hmm. Just have a conversation and walk the fuck off. Yeah. And I think that's healthy. And the more that I've done that, I realized like, yo, Just because she laughed at a joke, just because she seemed comfortable around me, just because pick and choose your time when you do that. Yeah. Don't make every interaction with a woman, you know, time for you to try to get some ass or make some sexual innuendo or Mm -hmm. just don't don't do that. Mm -hmm. Don't, especially in a professional setting, because here's the thing. Women be women talk about sex a lot. Trust me. They talk about sex a lot, but they talk about sex among themselves. Mm-hmm. They talk about who's not fucking right, who's fucking right, who doesn't know how to eat pussy right. Women yeah. have these flagrant conversations about sex mm-hmm. amongst themselves, but I would never, ever want to insert myself in that conversation with women. Yeah. I just don't feel the need to do that. Mm-hmm. It just, because for one thing, when they're talking amongst themselves, they know that. None of them want something or has a plot to get something from them. Mm-hmm. So they feel safe having these conversations with other women. Mm-hmm. But when you come along and you got a dick. Mm-hmm. So they like, here's this guy with this dick trying to tell me about sex or trying to angle sex at me. And I don't like that. Yeah. And I think that that's I think that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, I I mean, you don't have to pander or kiss women's ass, but just. Be thoughtful, read the room, and just be respectful, mm-hmm. and that's all you need to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. there are women that have literally. When you got to understand how fucked up it is for women, because I've had women out of nowhere be like, oh, "I just feel really comfortable around you," mm-hmm. and it's like what? Like you shouldn't even have to make that. Then you statement. got baptized, huh? Huh? Then you got baptized. Yeah, I got baptized by the pussy. <laughs> 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 I was in the pussy, like hallelujah. <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> oh man. I have a dream that someday I'll get baptized by the pussy juice. <laughs> no, nah, but in all seriousness, man. Um yeah, and no, another thing too, man. If you <clears throat> what I've learned is if you actually don't have expectations of women in any at any way and you're just general and basic and respectful Women get more comfortable around you, and they start to pursue you. Mm-hmm. That's what I've noticed, also. Yeah, they will actually be like, "You got any like, hey, um, all right, be safe. You got any plans? What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, "What?" Why mm-hmm. she asked me if I have a plan got plans. a plan B for you tomorrow Yeah you are gonna be using that plan B if you keep asking me about my plan <laughs> <laughs> I got a plan for you You be taking a trip to, to uh, Taking a, check to, a trip to CVS Planned Parenthood yeah, fuck Nah we ain't gotta go to Planned Parenthood <laughs> He just got all that at CVS now <laughs> Save the embarrassment, go to CVS. You better chill before we go to Rite Aid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, that'll be a great commercial for a CVS. What? It's just like save the embarrassment, just come to CVS. Like, yeah, you ain't got to sit one. in no clinic. You ain't got to, you know what I'm saying, <clears throat> sit through the signing. You ain't got to have them call your name out. Alicia Moore. Alicia Moore. You no, know, you ain't gotta do all that. You just it.
0: <laughs> Imagine if they said what medicines you was getting. They'd be like, Alicia Moore Herpes medicine. Herpes medicine? Alicia Moore Herpes. Oh man. oh man. Crazy. Jessica Stewart Valtrex <laughs> Jessica Stewart Valtrax. Oh
1: window number
0: five. That's comedy. Imagine if you got called to like a window and the most embarrassing thing in your life was said over the loudspeaker. Yeah. Dontre Williams, number five, small cock. (laughs) Dontre Williams, number five, small penis. (coughs) Window number five. Imagine going to Dr. Miami. That'd be the worst. Oh, man. Yeah. You could call back for a small cock. It'd be like, (laughs) like, Jasmine, ass injections. (laughs) Window number six. Jasmine, ass injections. <laughs> oh, that was crazy, man. Derek Jackson, <clears throat> HIV, window number nine. You, think, <laughs> you see that uh, the Billy Porter stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. You mentioned that. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't want to go too deep into that. I don't want to go too deep. Yeah, in deep. somebody th- already went too deep in there. Yeah, they did, and they left some ha <laughs>
1: Oh, Dan, this is a, a Patreon episode. Yeah, it's a Patreon episode. Yeah, it should be.
0: <laughs> it's just a little too flagrant. It's a little too flagrant for the listeners. <laughs> God, yeah, dang. but I, I'll say this: Billy Porter made one statement, and it just left me really like perplexed. He said um, he never mentioned that he had HIV, but then he left a, a comment, and he said, "This is what HIV looks like now." And I'm thinking, like, yo. Are you like trying to be a spokesperson for HIV? That like, nigga is Is he an HIV model? I don't know because he was on that cover with his shirt off. Yeah, I was just like, and the thing about it is like, <clears throat> I don't know where he's going with that. I think when you talk about something like HIV or AIDS, there should be a cautionary a cautionary
1: tale, a yeah, cautionary exactly. tale
0: there, yeah. but not like this is what HIV looks yeah. like now. Go sling naked dick. You better you work. Come on, girl. Work it, girl. <laughs> this is what HIV looks like now.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, man. You could just imagine somebody walking down a runway. That'd be too much. God
1: dang. Yeah. All
0: right. Let's get off Shout, this shout out to DJ. DJ. has a joke
1: where he's, uh, I forgot what he said, but he called Magic Johnson a real positive dude. <laughs> 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 but Billy Porter is a real positive dude.
0: <laughs> 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 oh my god bro oh my god oh, my god, oh man, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness man <clears throat> uh, shout out to DJ bro <laughs> folks you gotta understand as as a comedian the jokes you tell they are sometimes really fucked up but people laugh you know the the crazy part about the whole Billy
1: Porter situation is uh, a butt pimple is yeah. the reason? The discovered. reason he went in it, oh, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. But he said it wasn't a normal one. It was it <clears> got <throat> harder and bigger, like on his uh, pimple on his butt. Yeah, no pun intended. And he said that he it went in, harder and bigger. On his butt. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> People gotta be. They gotta stop being so wild with their sexual their sexual life, man. Yeah, I, I'm not saying he was wild. I don't know, but like <clears> use, <throat> yeah. use protection, folks. Yeah, please. Yeah, you don't use protection. You might end up in that clinic with some shit you can't get rid of.
1: I I don't mean to make this weird, but I I do wonder if, and I'm almost sure this is the case, but um, I do wonder if a lot of uh, gay men think that just because they're not getting the girl pregnant that it's okay to not use protection. And that's probably, maybe that's what happened like in the early was it like the 80s or something when a lot of the uh
0: hiv stuff was coming out hmm i have no idea and i don't know how to answer that i mean it could be an assumption i mean look i that could be an assumption the same way people think you could pull out yeah pulling out don't work folks you got to wear condoms Mm -hmm. because if you think i've like i've never thought while having sex man this feels great let me pull out of this yeah Ain't nobody trying to pull Liggins out. They don't that.
1: have the discipline for that.
0: Nobody has the discipline. Yeah. By the time you didn't already you didn't already shot off 8,526,000 Siemens and they they, and yeah. they already came out and then you like, "Oh, let me pull out." And now you done left like 827 kids in there. Yeah. Um they've already swam in there, buddy. Yeah. If you don't get a plan B, you're going to need a plan B. Yeah. See you in 9 months. Yeah, see you. In nine months. Yeah. <laughs> that one that one mistake. Yeah. Yeah, it could lead to a lifetime of child support You see that video of that dude That was on child support and he finally got off of it Nah He was dancing and shit How long had he had he been on child support 18 years man
1: But I, you know sometimes you got rears and stuff Got what Rears What's that Like if you didn't pay for a certain amount of time They just put it on to the, like, the end of it Really mm-hmm. Like my my dad uh, All of his kids are grown Um but he still gets like child support.
0: Are you fucking serious?
1: Yeah. God damn! Ain't even no children there no more. Yeah, you. you don't, I think. Where you don't, does it go? Well, it's uh, it's payback for you know the welfare and the cash aid and yeah. all that kind of stuff that the parent received. So. So it's going to the
0: parent still?
1: No, that goes. I think it goes to the government. If I'm not mistaken. So you got to pay the government now. Not even the kids. I think so, but oh I, 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 don't, I don't know. There's probably some women out there dealing with it, but yeah, if you don't
0: pay it, you have to pay it back in some capacity. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll be like, man, I'm so glad I ain't got kids. Yeah. I'm glad I don't. Mm-hmm. And if I do have kids, I want to have them by a woman that I'm going to marry. Yeah. Because I ain't trying to pay no child support. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. pay no child support, man. Mm-hmm. You can miss me with the child support. Child support. Switching mm-hmm. gears, um, Joe Rogan. Um, recently, Joe Rogan on his podcast made a statement, and it rubbed some people the wrong way. I personally love Joe Rogan, and I have been listening for years. So,
1: no, not to cut you off, but um, I want to make this point real quick. Um, I guess anybody that's doubting the power of podcasting, like the two two headlines in a row, are you know Podcasters. stuff that happen
0: from podcasts. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. And podcasts are still growing Believe it or not Yeah, Getting a lot of money Getting a lot of money man Why you think me and Keith are up here Me and Keith are not doing this shit for money First of all Mm -hmm. But I know we're gonna get paid Yeah I don't think we're gonna get paid I know it And when we get paid a lot of money to do this You'll be like Man I should have started a podcast too Too late then Too late buddy Mm -hmm. Too late uh, but you can donate to our Patreon because we should have one right now. Especially after this episode. Yeah. yeah. This is Patreon content. Yeah. <laughs> after especially that Magic Johnson joke, <laughs> saying he was a positive dude, they're going to cancel our shit. All right. Um, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan criticized mocked after saying straight white men are silenced by woke culture. Uh, Joe Rogan, one of the most popular podcast hosts in the world, drew mockery and criticism after he claimed on his show that straight white men were being silenced because of woke culture. In an episode of the Joe Rogan experience last week, the host spoke to stand up comedian Joe List about evolving boundaries of what makes for acceptable comedy. Can you make a good comedy movie anymore or have they made it so dangerous in terms of being canceled that. Comedy movies are no longer something you can do, Rogan asked. You can never be woke enough. That's the problem, he said on this podcast. It keeps get, it keeps going further and further and further down the line, and if you get to the point where you you can you capital, ca- capitulate, what the hell is that? Capitulate. Capitulate. I'm tripping. <clears throat> where you agree to all these demands, it'll eventually get to straight white men are not allowed to talk. Okay, here's. Here's the thing. First of all, Joe Rogan's a comedian. So some of the stuff he says is in extremes. Mm-hmm. And it's about context. So before people get all you know bent out of shape about what he said, like don't fall for the headline. Go actually listen to listen, the podcast. Yeah. But this is what I'll say. I think a lot of white men in today's world are learning how it feels to be black in the 20s. Like, yeah. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because now- There was a time, especially since America's inception, when you narrow it down, it's the white male had the most power, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Every president we've had has been white, right? That's not an arguable statement, Mm -hmm. right? So the power structure or the person that has the highest seat in the country has been white, except for one president, which is Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. So the white male opinion or voice has been the one that has been the loudest. But now in today's society, a lot of black and brown people have uh, platforms and uh, opinions that are valued now. So what happens is, is when a white dude, he could be well-intentioned, not racist. You know, it could be a good opinion about something, but he's going to get shot down because him just being white it's enough for them to say, hey, you shouldn't have an opinion about what women are supposed to do, you know, because of this and that. And because white men have had the power in this, I guess this, they they, they haven't even had a power struggle. There has mm-hmm. been the power, uh, the voice, mm-hmm. I guess, the voice of America. Yeah. So they're an easy target. Mm-hmm. White males are an easy target. And it's not, most of the time, I feel like it's not... Um, legit even it's not even legit a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's just the fact that when you have ran stuff when it comes down to segregation or whatever black people didn't make up segregation it was a white man who implemented and said okay we need to keep black and white separate we never had that that power Mm -hmm. most decisions made in america were made by a white male right so when it comes to this very progressive world they're all looking at the white man now saying hey you shouldn't have an opinion on women or on black culture or on this or on that. And since black and brown and women and everybody has the louder voice, a lot of white men are learning how it feels to be black in the 20s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: My angle is uh, a little bit different. It's more so that um there's rep- and this is something that Charlamagne pointed out It's repercussions. For what anybody says, yeah. and now I think that um, a lot of these white men are finally um, understanding understanding that. Um, but I will say that there are people, and he, you know, he's referencing like you know comedy and stuff like yeah. that. Um, even even in even in that. <clears throat> and Gambino made a statement also about people not making good art, good art anymore right. because of the fear of you know being canceled or maybe they're just not that good. Whatever the case may be, um, you would would eb- we even freestyling a lot of these this conversation even you know on this episode we understand the magnitude of what would happen or what could happen with anything we say, and you could either let that deter you or, or you can just kind of lean into it. And, um, I think that's, um, something that I've started to realize. Cause even, you know, we, I uh, go do standup, um, at the open mics every Thursday and a lot of the times I go up there and I'm, I'm walking the line, you know what I mean? And I'm just trying stuff out and right. trying these ideas out. Some stuff that I, you know, that was a conversation on a podcast, Some stuff that is just you know just that comes up to me when I'm driving around or whatever the case may be, Um, and I'm just going for it because um, that's just like the comedy that I that I appreciate. But also, I'm going for it with the understanding that it may not actually make people feel good. So I will say that I'm more along the lines of like what Gambino is saying is like. if you if you genuinely have that fear of being canceled or if you genuinely have that fear of not wanting to make edgy um, um comedy or films or whatever, I, I don't even think that's an excuse now. I just think that's mm. something that people are leaning on because, like Gambino said, they're probably not that talented. Some of the mm. you know, think of, thinking about some like when we went to the comedy store, it still had that. Well, I, 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 you know, I can't really reference the '90s or whatever, but it still had that essence. It didn't yeah. feel like people were in there just kind of like, "Oh, I'm just going to do this cookie cutter kind of joke" or whatever the case may be. Or even a guy like Andrew Schultz, who you know, we're both fans of. Like he, he, he's a person that's he, he's walking that line of like, you know, almost being disrespectful to certain people. But um, this is one of those things. But I, I think. With, with all that being said I just have to say anything that I say I can unless I'm learning something new about something where you know maybe I was disrespectful to um uh you know Asian culture and then I learned like hey you you shouldn't say this about Asians this is a right. disrespectful term I can uh, I can go back and apologize like yo I'm sorry I wasn't fully understanding right. of that but for the most part anything I say I stand on because for the most part, I'm joking, you know what I mean, in the context yeah. of this podcast or in a reference to, you know, a film or in reference to doing an open mic or whatever. It's a joke. Um, but other than that, it's not
0: deterring me away from saying whatever I want to say. True. Um, what I think, though, is, too, <clears throat> is what people don't see is I feel like a lot of white men are suffering from the residual effects mm-hmm. of people who looked like them many years ago. What I mean by that is this is you could, like I mentioned, you could be well-intentioned and not saying racist stuff, nothing. But you are suffering from the residual effects of white males who look like you many years ago who dictated how this whole fucking country was ran and they fucked a lot of people. Mm -hmm. This is facts. This Mm -hmm. is not me making up stuff and speaking as a black man saying racist stuff about white men. There was a lot of stuff that people who look like you were doing and it was wrong And now if you try to have a voice, even when it's a sensible, reasonable, even voice, you're going to a lot of white men are getting silenced. Like, I'm not saying that they don't have a voice because they still have a loud ass fucking voice. Mm -hmm. For Christ's sake, we just had Trump as president. Yeah. Now we got fucking Biden, who Mm -hmm. doesn't even know what his own voice sounds like. So I think (laughs) 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 I think that these are just residual effects of that. Now, back in the day, if you was black and you had an idea, shut up, boy, go on in there and go in there and mind your business. Being black, you would get silenced just for being black. You couldn't have a fucking opinion. You know, hey, this is not a colors bathroom. Go over there, mm-hmm. right? Take your colored dude to somewhere else. Yeah, get boy. your don't you don't sit on my toilet with your colored behind. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like your kind around right here, boy. <laughs> Things like that were happening to black people and black men. So. If anyone understands what it's like to be silenced, it's black and brown people. Yeah. So I get it. Trust me. Mm -hmm. I just think that white people are an easy target. Do I partake in this? No. Mm -hmm. I'm objective. If I hear an opinion, it's like if a white guy has an opinion about the black community, then he automatically going to get silenced. Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, nobody care about your white opinion about black people. Yeah. Nobody cares about that. But me, I'll sit there and listen. <clears throat> I'm yeah. like okay is he saying okay actually What he's saying is actually makes sense Oh he's talking about equity and home ownership Okay I feel. I hear that that makes sense Oh you talking about property you talking about You know you talking about you know 401ks You talking okay I feel you mm-hmm. I'm not going to shoot down a white guy Just because he has a fucking opinion Yeah but I also realize the reason why you're getting shot down is because of the people who look like you many years ago who suppressed everyone else's fucking voice. Facts.
1: Yeah. But even even with all that, like, wrong is wrong and right is right. Mm-hmm. So as much as, you know, Joe Rogan is leaning on this idea of, like white people can't speak or they can't have an opinion or they can't make great content anymore because of they may potentially get canceled. It's like that's true to some extent but um we just have to be mindful of other people in general right uh, yeah so for uh for the guy that made the Kobe Bryant joke it's like you are a comedian you know you, you're walking in line and you're, you're trying to be uh you're trying to be edgy um but you just got to live with that those repercussions you know what I mean if you want to do that you can but when people is like, nah, we love Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. And we, Vanessa Bryant is grieving and she lost her, she lost her daughter as yeah, well. Yeah, it was poorly and, timed. Uh, yeah, and a bunch of other uh, people were in there. And same, you know, same thing for Meek Mill when he made that, that rap line. It's like, do what you want to, but is, if you can handle you know, the backlash that comes with it and the, the quote-unquote cancellation or being dropped by your manager or being dropped by your agency, then you can say whatever you want
0: to out here. Yeah. This is another thing, too. And I'm just I'm just going to say this because th- I think everyone's guilty of this, where some people try to form an opinion on everything. And I think it's sometimes it's best to shut the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I hear black people having opinions about stuff. I hear white people having opinions about everything. But sometimes you hear a white person have an opinion about something and it's so far left of what's really going on they don't understand exactly they don't understand the nuances of what they're talking about and if the topic happens to be uh someone of color or something then what it does too is it makes it even worse Mm -hmm. because now they're like man this motherfucker doesn't know shit i'm tired of white people talking about this and that and the third and what happens is is they start to apply that um not so much narrative but they apply that way of thinking on every white person trying to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Cause they've heard 30 other white people not knowing what the fuck they was talking about. So now they assume that every white person with opinion is just the same person not knowing what they talking about. Mm-hmm. I think that's also true. Mm-hmm. So there's so many other like variables that, that make sense yeah. uh, in regards to this, but I think you can create good art. Um, and I, I think that everyone's affected by this, not just white males. I think as a black man, uh, that I do this podcast with another black man, if I have an opinion about something, people will be like, oh, here they go again, going with the race stuff. That's what black people do. They always go with the race jokes, or they go with the racial stuff, and they talk about the race stuff all the time because that's literally what people do. Yeah. They'll be like, God, why is it always about race with those people?
1: I think, kind of kind of to this, this Joe Rogan point, um, an example that I have in my personal life, the movie that I was referring to earlier that I wrote, there's a scene in there where, um, I don't show the, the girl actually doing it, but it's like an implied, I guess. Um, there's a girl giving this dude head in the, in a in the front seat of a car, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the producer had read it and she was like, Hey, I love this. I love this. I love this. These are a couple of things that I want to change. And mm-hmm. the one thing that she said that she wanted to change was the girl giving the dude head in the car. And, that's like the conversations that, you know, mm-hmm. that happen. So, um, as far as like art and, you know, it being kind of like mm-hmm. uh I guess politically correct, washed. You
0: ain't nothing wrong with some head. Ain't
1: nothing wrong with some head. But it it was just like she's a feminist and she felt like, you know, that was feminists, something feminists don't give head. Feminists give a lot of head. <laughs>
0: They're like, women's rights.
1: I got some fire feminist head. (laughs) (laughs) The fireest head I ever got.
0: Some progressive head. (laughs) Some (laughs) all-inclusive
1: head. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. But I'm just saying, like, I was like, okay, you know, just in reference to that, like, I could see how... Um, you know, in reference to what Gambino said And what Joe Rogan was saying It's like, I can see how These meetings will go If you bring a script, it could be amazing It could have, you know, great comedy And, you know, uh, great act, potential actors To be in it But you got one scene that's kind of like uh, I don't know And like, hey, you know, we love your script But you gotta take this part out well, like, What if he was getting hit and she's like Your cock is gender fluid <laughs> 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 Swallowing gender fluid <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god Oh my god what That sounds crazy what, what makes it worse is Keith puts this, He stamps it <laughs> I'll like say some stupid shit He's like yes yeah, he's sucking the gender fluid out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm working out this joke And this is kind of a tangent But it's about um, this. I'm just freestyling right now But I haven't re- really written it down yet But it's about how Um All lesbians are a little bit straight and it's primarily because they don't make um, feminine sex toys for lesbians. Like most lesbians have like strap ons and dildos and stuff like that, Uh but they don't have like vibrating pussies that girls just like put on their vagina when they get, when they want to
0: have some. You really need to work this joke out. Now I'm working it out on air. You <laughs> really got to work this joke go exercise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is how, that's how comedy works. I think mm-hmm. people that don't do comedy, they're going to be like, he He said some uh, anti-lesbian um, uh, what he, rhetoric on his podcast. Yeah. It's like, no, this is not uh, anti-lesbian. We love lesbians mm-hmm. here at the Truckers my podcast. So. The Truckers
1: my podcast loves lesbians.
0: Yeah. The, we need to make a shirt that says that. <laughs> We love gender le- fluids. We love we love uh, lesbians on the trucker's mind podcast. <laughs> you guys are great. <laughs> All lives matter on the trucker's mind podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as Joe Rogan is concerned, I feel like his intentions are good. I just feel like uh, what Charlemagne said, he made a great point. He said when he mentioned white males, it just sucked the air out of his opinion because now everybody's going to focus on him saying white males instead of all of us because all of us are affected by this. Yeah. And it's the truth. Ultimately, it's the truth. Yeah. But do I ultimately think that white pe- white men are being silenced? No and yes. I think that with certain things, they'll be like, I don't see why, you know, they're not gonna say it. Like I don't see why you know men feel like they should have an opinion on everything. But what they really mean is white men. Yeah. So I get that. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, I, I think that context matters. Mm-hmm. But we we do podcasting also, so I'm sure there's gonna be some shit that we say and people get offended by it and turn the podcast off.
1: I think I think above anything, they're just leveling the playing field now. Yeah. So for years and years, um. There's people that have been blacklisted and, you know, can't now, even uh, before like canceling or being canceled was a thing. Um, you got uh, Monique, you know, she was, yes. you know, I guess like black ball from Hollywood and some other people. Why everything like, bad <clears throat> got to be
0: black? Blacklisted, black ball. Yeah. A lot of black market. A lot of people like black balls, though. Yeah, they sure do.
1: Yeah. I know them yeah go ahead there's a lot of women out there that appreciate
0: black <laughs> balls. <laughs> black balls matter <laughs> bblm yeah <laughs> black balls matter black <laughs> balls matter <laughs>
1: go ahead man uh but no i'm just saying that like it's uh you, this has been happening to, to to other people for years i think i think uh The only reason there, this is a conversation is because the mirror is being turned on them. And I think Joe Rogan is feeling it. I think he, I think he was, I don't even think he was talking about comedy or movies or whatever. I think he was actually talking about his experience as um, this new Spotify partner or whatever. Because it's been like four or five, uh, maybe like three or four times when something he said on the podcast has made headlines and people didn't like what he said. So... Um, and Joe Rogan can't get canceled. You know, he's, he owns everything that, that he, uh, that he does, but I think he's just feeling, you know, I think more than anything, he's just more famous now And yeah. in, in his voice is spreading, uh, further, even like, you know, even with Joe Budden, if Joe Budden said those comments and his podcast got 5,000 views a week. It wouldn't it wouldn't even be news. But, you know, Joe Rogan has the most popular podcast, Joe Budden's podcast or his platform is is pretty huge. So these are, um, you know, more and more people are seeing this stuff and news is spreading fast.
0: I never want to be that popular of a podcaster where motherfuckers are looking at every word I say. I want to be the guy that, you know, I make a lot of money doing podcasting and I could just go about my regular life and I could go to the grocery store like everybody else. I think <laughs> I think even with that, it's not
1: even about how big your platform is. I think it's more so about the tone in which you you bring to the table. I so, guess so, man. So I feel like <laughs> even with like Andrew Schultz, I think with Flagrant, they say a lot of. I mean, the the na- it's in the name, it's in the title of the yeah. podcast. They say a lot of crazy stuff. And their podcast is on YouTube and it's on, um, you know, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts and, and SoundCloud and stuff like that. And people just understand what's going on. But I think the, the backlash comes from the people that aren't familiar with what your normal, your normalcy is.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> well, look here, man. Shout out to Joe Rogan. Um, I don't take offense to it. I think people are trying to be offended, um, and I'm pretty sure Joe Rogan ex- explained it very well. If you listen to the context of the conversation, but we won't beat this down. So, uh, switching gears, we'll end it with this one. Um, Tony Hinchcliffe, a, a comedian. More it's- cancellations by white men. Yeah, <laughs> white men are out here getting canceled, man. <laughs> it's sad, man. Y'all gotta watch <laughs> y'all back, man. <laughs> Crazy man, white lives matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> switching gears, um, Tony Hinchcliffe, and let me go to the article. Damn, I had the article up, and then the fucking oh, I clicked to the next screen. Eddie has to learn how to use his phone. That's what needs to happen. Uh, no, what the hell? Nope, I don't have an article. Jeez, now I got to go back and get the damn article. Mm-hmm. Hold on. All right, Tony. we're hiring a producer. If anybody, I wants know, to. man. Yeah, we're looking for a producer here. <laughs> okay, I thought I did save. it. Yeah, I did. Where the fuck is it? At? Oh, here it is. Okay, why comedian Pang Dang posted that ra- posted that racist Tony Hinchcliffe video? I think that's just the way that people f- like the, frame things. There's a bias. It's a bias in all these articles. It's a bias, man. Mm-hmm. Let me go to the Daily News article. God damn. Comedian Tony Hinchcliffe dropped by WME and Joe Rogan gigs after racial slur. After Joe Rogan gigs. What? No way. He was on a podcast? No. Comedian Tony Hinchcliffe dropped by WME and Joe Rogan gigs after slur against Chinese comedian reports. I don't know if that Joe Rogan shit's true. See, people be putting all kind of shit. You can't believe everything you read. (laughs) But here's the basis of it. Comedian Tony Hinchcliffe reportedly was dropped by his talent agency and two <clears throat> live appearances with Joe Rogan. Wow. With two live appearances from with Joe Rogan after he used a racial slur and mocked a comic of Chinese descent during a caught on video rant. WME parted ways with Henchcliffe this week. The Creek and Cave Comedy Club uh, could consp- conspicua- conspicuously scrubbed henchcliff from the bill for a two night Joe Rogan show Wednesday and Thursday oh. in Texas Capitol. Oh, fuck. He's not coming. We are all getting all the promotional media down as we speak. The club owner said. Oh, damn. Facebook. God damn. We are That's no longer working with Tony or hosting any of his shows. Anton's is strongly against hateful speech and racism of any kind. Another club Anton said in a Twitter Twitter post. Hinchcliffe referring to Payne Dang as a filthy little <clears throat> fucking old. The word that Wyatt rhymes with Yeah, sync. don't say that. Uh, and ridiculed the fellow comic jokes and the way he spoke after Dang introduced him at Big Laugh Comedy in Austin last Thursday. Dang posted a clip of the rant on social media Tuesday and told the Daily News he was shocked by the attack. Okay. Here's you know, my- the cold, before mm-hmm.
1: you go, the coldest part about this whole situation is that I'm sure the promoters and whoever was running the show was there. Yeah. So... He wasn't canceled when, you know, he wasn't canceled directly after the show. I'm sure no one even spoke to him. But when the video came up, now everybody wants to be this, you know, this progressive.
0: Yeah. Um. Here's the thing, though, man. Comedy. Here's the thing. <clears throat> I've heard some racial jokes about black people and I was busting up laughing. And the reason why is because the comedian found a way to make it funny. And when you feel like you're a part of the joke, no one's offended. Or maybe it still might be some, but I feel like less people are offended when the joke is actually funny. Like if it's something that black people do and we know we do it and it's a white comic and they frame it in such a way that's fucking hilarious, I'm going to laugh. My first thought, especially as a comedian, is to laugh at a joke, not to be offended by it. But here's the problem with Tony Hinchcliffe. Tony Hinchcliffe seemed mad, right? Mm -hmm. He seemed like he was slighted in some way by what that dude did. And it wasn't funny. And it was like only a few people that laughed and it just was awkward. And that's when that shit stood out. Not to mention that the dude video recorded the shit, which I feel like honestly, even though it was fucked up for him to use that language or say that stuff. Like, Imagine if a comedian, he gets on stage <clears throat> and I think a lot of times people don't realize sometimes Asian people are, are easy targets because the word that rhymes with sync is a lot less uh offensive, I guess, in people's minds than saying nigger. If you get up on stage and be like, that filthy nigger earlier before I came, everybody be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. But you notice how people still laugh after you use the word sync. Yeah. Right? So you gotta think about that. And you could crack Asian jokes without saying those type of words, bro. Yeah. Because I got an arsenal of Asian jokes. And white jokes and black jokes. <laughs> but I do comedy, so that's the difference. But you can't like be you can't be so politically correct that you don't crack no jokes. Yeah. And it's not, but this shit was beyond a joke. <laughs> <laughs> this this was not funny. Number one. That's the number one rule. And the shit was racist, bro. Mm-hmm. It was racist. Yeah. Just because it didn't make... It wasn't... The, the comedy element was sucked out of it. It was like, hey, this guy's mad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah. I think that... Um, I think
1: funny is also subjective. So, ugh, the way this guy described it on Fla- Flagrant 2, he said that um, if somebody laughs at a joke, then... It's technically funny. So there were people in there laughing. I think the the problem that he's having um, is that that was it wasn't a joke. He was just freestyling and yeah. he just went up there and, you know, he, he had a lot of energy. And I don't know exactly. We don't have the context. We don't know exactly what was going on before he came on the stage. Right. But above all, it's like um, if you if you want to use that uh, that language, you got to be able to stand on it. Facts. And, you know, it's it, the the results or the repercussions is what it is. You get dropped from your agency and you get dropped from from your shows out there. Um, and it's just unfortunate it t- to me. It's just it's like even if you are like freestyling, I think I think if you do want to use some sort of racial slur in a joke, it has to or even homophobic <laughs> slur or whatever. Like even Andrew Schultz Sh- has a joke where he says maggot in there. Mm. Um you gotta and even that joke is like, ugh. Yeah, like but you could win without
0: that one. Yeah.
1: But even even that you gotta just be able to stand on it and you gotta understand that it has to be a, a well-crafted joke. Um with this, it was just like, like you said, he just sounded angry. And I think that's the I think that's the thing that got him um above all. Is like when you go out there and you're doing stand-up, right? So everyone is is there to laugh. But when you go out there and it's the, the tone of the way you're speaking is uh it's almost removed from the joke telling aspect of it it just sounds like you're going on this uh this 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 kind of angry rant and then you're using a racial slur it's like it's unfortunate i think the only thing that i would say is um i think that a conversation and i don't know what went on behind the scenes but i think a con a conversation would have been better served if he would have been able to to uh, tell him like, hey, that was disrespectful. I wish you just, you know, uh, didn't say that. Um, I think that would have benefited both of these people more so than uh, Tony Hinchcliffe being canceled or him him being dropped from his agency and all these shows. Um, as far as like being included in on the jokes, I I don't necessarily think that's the thing that makes things funny because Louis C.K. has a joke about the N word. Um, I don't think black people are included in on that joke, but I also Mm. think that that's, uh, it's just a funny joke. Yeah. Um, But it's like we, I said before, like you gotta, you gotta live with the things that you say. And I think that this is not a matter of white men being, you know, canceled or, you know, white men not being able to speak their mind and all this kind of stuff. It's just like, he did something wrong, and this is the repercussions of a white man going on stage and calling an Asian man a racial slur.
0: Yeah, but I like in this case, you got to realize that especially with Asian people in America, you you have to understand the the landscape of what's going on in the world. and I feel like an Asian man reporting something like this, that shit gonna get you automatically canceled, yeah and especially and you white, too. And you're a white man, they're they going to cancel you real quick. Mm-hmm. Even a comedian. I, I never thought I'd see a time where comedians is getting canceled. Yeah. That shit crazy, man. Mm-hmm. But I think the number one thing, like, you don't really got to lean into the racial shit. You really don't have to. But I feel like comedy, at a like, especially in the 90s, it was very flagrant. You look at Eddie Murphy, he was dropping maggots, you know, you know on there um, mm-hmm. saying all kinds of shit. And that did not age well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That did not age very well. Yeah. Um, All I can say, man, is me and Keith have a different vantage point on this because we actually go up on stage. Mm -hmm. um, But we can also tell when someone is probably a little bit pissed off. And when they say that or if they say nigger and shit like that, then it's like, God damn. Like,
1: Yeah. I guess for anybody that's you got to replace whatever the Asian slur is to whatever slur affects your uh your
0: ethnicity or your race. You could crack all kinds of black jokes and they'll be funny and you could say, you could crack black jokes. You could crack black jokes. Damn, I'm fucking up. You could mm-hmm. crack black jokes without saying nigger. Yeah. You, you could crack Asian jokes without saying the word that rhymes with sink. Mm-hmm. You could crack trans jokes without saying Uh, Transphobic stuff So here's the thing How about you still Remain uh, You still keep the same integrity with your bits But you just take out Those words Yeah Just the derogatory terms used towards uh, Certain groups All you gotta do is remove that one thing People think that you're getting robbed Of your creativity Now in some cases It's a little true but for the most part, you could still be funny as fuck. And you have a lot of freedom to work with mm-hmm. being up on that stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's I mean, like they said, uh you know, like Eddie was saying it, it if, if you do, if you lean into that or you you trying to be this edgy comedian, you got to make sure that it's more funny than offensive. And if it's not, then, you know, you got to eat that. Tony Hinchcliffe is probably sitting at home trying to clean
0: up his act right now. Tony Hinchcliffe is probably at home uh, jacking off the Asian porn. (laughs) With sweet and sour sauce. (laughs) You see what I'm talking about? You see what I'm talking about? You can crack black jokes, Asian jokes. Just, you ain't got to say the derogative, like those terms. You remove the terms yeah. and you insert the comedy. Yeah. It's still funny. Yeah.
1: But I, I think that there's almost an overcorrection now, right? right? Because it's like, you know, they, they, they're realizing that all these comedians are being canceled and, um you know, footage is leaking of Chappelle saying certain things and footage is leaking of other people right. being homophobic, all these kind of things and they're damn i farted loud go ahead that metaphorical fart loud (laughs) as a mug (laughs)
0: that fart was louder than tony (laughs) hensworth
1: but um it's it's like i said it's almost an overcorrection. so you know even uh i reference andrew schultz a lot because he's like one of the people that has spoken out about you know people are you know wanting to bring the edgy comedy back um but um, even with him, you know, that was his whole, he was that was part of his rollout. Like, yo, I want to bring edgy comedy back. I want the stuff that I grew up on. I want to bring it back. So what I'm saying is there's this overcompensation now um, from comedians and especially like veteran comedians to, you know, try to make these, uh, these, these bold jokes um, and, not necessarily Tony Hinchcliffe cuz he was freestyling and it was just a rebuttal to the person that came on before him but you know that I, I imagine there was some of that in there like you know i'm going to use this and there were people saying like you know i i guess his i don't know if his wife is asian or something like that mm. but that doesn't necessarily give anybody ex- an excuse no. just because you're you know there's white women out there that may say nigga and just because their husband is black that don't mean it, it makes it okay so i don't know but <sighs>
0: White man, y'all got to be careful out here. Yeah, you got to be careful, man. White lives matter. We need to come together. <laughs> figure out why this shit is happening. If something's not right. Something just stinks about this, and we need to get down to the bottom of it.
1: <laughs> Go back to your white's only bathroom and figure it out. <laughs> Go back to your white's only bathroom and look yourself in the mirror.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Comedy uh yeah I I, I don't want to say like crazy Like comedy is under attack this that and the third I feel like this is what I feel And I'll, I'll say this before we get off Of here but I feel I, I compare comedy to Prohibition uh, during the Prohibition era um, Or time when it was Illegal to drink alcohol they had these dens And these places where people would escape And go get a drink of alcohol And they were doing things illegally Obviously but this is a the place they went To get mm-hmm. some booze right And then after they left that place, they go back to their regular lives and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I feel like comedy is the same way. I feel like people come to comedy shows to hear some flagrant, wild, original shit, right? They want to hear some shit that makes them cry laughing. They want to laugh so hard that they can't breathe. Mm -hmm. That's why people love comedy. People of all walks of life, black, white, Asian. When you go to comedy shows, everyone goes to them because life is so politically correct and people are also extremely sensitive nowadays but when you go to a comedy show all that shit's out the fucking window you get to you get to watch these people like be wordsmiths up there and it's it's an amazing feeling to be at a show it's like it almost feels free like when we went to the comedy store mm-hmm. and I was just busting up laughing at... Uh, one of the fu- the funniest comedians to me was that chick, Jamie Lee. She was so fucking hilarious, especially mm-hmm. like her jokes about porn and mm-hmm. shit. That mm-hmm. shit had me crying. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't breathe. And I'm like, yo... And, and you think like, yo, this is why people um, gravitate to comedy. Yeah. This is why they love comedy. And I feel like you, what we should never do... It stifle the creativity of the comedian to where we don't get the people that come see the shows don't get to experience that, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, as a comedian, it's your responsibility to choose your words wisely and maintain your integrity while getting off the same flagrant shit and not going for the extra shit. Yeah. Because you can't hide behind the mask of a comedian when you say some shit that is. Yeah, you can't use that no more. Yeah, you can't use that no more. That something that comedy. I can say racist. I don't I, I hear Joe Rogan crack a lot of jokes on there. Some funny shit whether it's a black joke or he does like a black person in com, uh, um uh impersonation or whatever, and I never get offended by it, but he's not out there calling people the n-word. Mm-hmm. Like he had like it was some clips of him saying that that word before on his on the podcast and it was always in context. Like if you could listen for like
1: quoting somebody, or yeah, something. like quoting somebody or something <laughs>
0: like that. Like, I if I can listen to Joe Rogan's podcast after seeing those videos and people trying to cancel him and saying, Oh, he's using the N word and all of this. Like, I, I know he's well intentioned as well as a lot of comedians, but sometimes they're not, yeah. But yeah, anything else on that, man?
1: No, nah, man, I think, uh. You know, we got all the white men out of here that we needed to. All
0: the white men come to the front of the room. (laughs) You shouldn't be using these Asian words. (laughs) We need to come together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got to start. We got to keep Martin King out of this shit, man. He didn't ask for this.
1: Yeah, that nigga rolling over in his grave right now. You better stop
0: impersonating me (laughs) on your little podcast before I come back like Martin please don't come back <laughs> I think Martin Luther King will come back and then as soon as he come back he'd be distracted by all these thick white girls on TikTok uh, <laughs> like these white girls thick as a motherfucker <laughs> God damn! oh man we gotta stop joking about Martin I
1: used to have to chase white women now they at the palm of my hand <laughs> <laughs> thick ass white women <laughs> Fat ass wife.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, all these TikTok dances make my big cock wanna dance. <laughs> oh man. Let's get out of here, man. If you made it to the end of this podcast, man, we appreciate you for listening. Thank you for listening to a truckers buying podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy k Fings. Get out of here. Peace.